Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Nation Radio. Um, we're going to start the show off with, um, I guess, our thoughts and opinions and feelings on um, the news from this weekend that Brody Lee, um, Luke Harper, John Huber um, has died at the age of 41. Um, crazy. Uh, person that, you know, was having seemingly the time of his life um, on screen, blossoming as a full-fledged character on AEW, um, you know, this year after spending the previous um, six years in on main roster WWE television, um, getting, you know, making the best of the bits he got. Um, but yeah, uh, Rich, wh- what are you, where are you on this? I'm... I kind of don't know what it, I kind of don't know do myself on this. I'm st- I'm still processing. I was devastated. Uh, I am still it's still setting in, and I don't think it's gonna feel real in a way it is as real as it's going to feel until Wednesday. Um, AW's rebooked their entire Dynamite as a tribute show, so um, the stuff they had planned normally uh, originally is pushed back a week. And I think once we start seeing those testimonies, it's going to hit super hard for me. Um, up to 2014, um, I wa- the best match I had ever seen in person in my life, Brody Lee was in it. Um, it was the Usos versus the Wyatt family, two out of three falls, Battleground 2014. Um, I watched that match pretty much immediately after I got the news that um, he died. Uh, I'm so sad for his family and his friends. And you just look at the outpouring of love um, that has come his way. Uh, I had a drink and watched, you know, a bunch of his matches. I got a Brody Lee versus Shingo Takagi Dragon Gate match passed my way that I enjoyed a great deal. I got someone that passed me a, 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 ma- a match he had with Cesaro that was on main event that I enjoyed a great deal. Um, and Luke Harper and Brody Lee, as he later became to be called was always one of the favorite wrestlers of one nation radio from the inception of our program. Uh, and f- going back to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Uh, we always said he was the one in the Wyatt family. That's the special one. What the fuck are they doing with anyone else? Um, this guy, it's amazing that he always got compared to bruiser Brody looked like him and then like they both die Brody dies at 40 Brody Lee dies at 41 it's just too surreal and it, it still hasn't really officially sunk into me but like Saturday night like I was like your eyes like welled up but like I didn't cry but like I felt like the feeling like I should be crying and then I watched um, the super cut of him on BTE that that is out. It's about a forty minute YouTube video. I encourage anyone to check it out. It's up there, um, showing how this guy essentially became a star all over again. Like this year, that was a huge part of it. And then I figured out that's why I was so sad um, from the Brody Lee stuff because like Brody Lee, like he's a wrestler's death is just linked in with wrestling for some strange reason. Wrestlers always die, but. 
watching Brody Lee have all that fun with all those people in the Dark Order, revive it, and just like all year, just every Monday, I had something to look forward to with Brody Lee in the Dark Order. And now you find out Brody Lee's dead. Like, I was like, are you are you serious? And um, for me, I am going to miss the hell out of Brody Lee because he was a guy that everyone respected. Um, you could see how his career got fucked with on so many occasions. He was frozen, put on ice, and we all we always knew that guy had it. Um, we saw him get out. He proved it in a way like Moxley did. Um, and anyone that bets on themselves and then comes out looking better on the other side, like he's nothing but an inspiration. Uh, you, all the stories that have come out saying he's buying people ring jackets to look better, um, you know, in the group mentoring them, just like everything you hear about this guy, it's just fucking tragic. And like, I, as I mentioned from the inception of one nation radio, this guy is always like, we've always praised him. I don't think we've ever like said like anything bad about him ever on this show. Like maybe a promo here or there was misguided once or twice, but like that, I like think maybe, well, maybe the accent thing is I'm a team player, but we didn't say he, he sucked. We were just like, no, nah, that's just when, we were just like, wait, 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 is he from Louisiana now? All of a sudden, but that was pretty much the the gist of it. Like, I, I I'm so I'm so blown. I'm I'm so heartbroken for for his family, his son, for AW, for like the group that he was in, um, and the fans everywhere that that loved him. Like this weekend has just been. I I imagine that this is what it felt like when. Like, cause we're not getting like young wrestler deaths like too often. Like, uh, we got Hanukkah earlier this year, but that was like that. That felt different than this in a way. Yeah. Um, there, the Shad Gaspard thing earlier this year when when he passed on, but Brody Lee was such a high profile guy that this it just stinks all all the way around, and I'm very sad. Uh, check out Being the Elite also this week. They did about a 13-minute video. Silver and Reynolds are the primary people just giving testimonials. And then uh, I believe 10 jumps in, various other members of the Dark Order. And then there, it's a big super cut uh, of you know just more stuff that he did. But I'm looking forward. I, like They're going to honor him with so much class and dignity um, come Wednesday. I I can guarantee it pretty much. And, and I think it's going to be like one of the more touching things you ever see in wrestling. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that <clears throat> us as wrestling fans um, <laughs> started show in 2012. And like we were immediately like onto the Brody Lee thing, and probably you know when Bray Wyatt debuted in 2013, and you know we kind of pretty quickly were able to zero in and like, oh yeah, this Brody or this Luke Harper dude is really damn good. And then like it kept going like, yo, how good is this dude exactly? Like, is he great? Is he you know? Could he be something beyond what he's doing right now? Being you know the second person for. With Bray Wyatt, this guy that is talking in riddles, um, 
and you know to WWE's credit they actually like ele- tried to elevate him at different points you know um he seemed like a guy that seemed like every other year he was they were giving him some type of shot uh it just you know for whatever reason and we've heard the reasons about you know about an accent or something dumb or whatever like he would they would lose they wouldn't have anything for him and then they would bring him back or whatever else but he was a dude that you know similar to Cesaro um pretty much any opportunity he got he made the most of it and we all recognized it everybody like <clears throat> I think that's one of the saving or one of the things about um people talk about like the internet wrestling community and mostly most of it is in you know in um a pejorative sense but like I don't think if there was a Twitter around 15 years ago that someone like Brody Lee gets the kind of um, effusive praise that he got and we saw over this weekend and I think it's a lot to do with the fact that like we have smarter fans we we know what good wrestlers are and that dude was a good ass wrestler and it was easy to sniff out I remember um, when I was in Baltimore working with Josh um, and you know like I, w- I would talk to y'all throughout the day out there and like you know Brian shoot or I'm uh, sorry, Brian. Uh, David Shoemaker, the mass man from, from Grantland in uh, the Ringer, wrote up a list of like draft picks or whatever else. Something talking about like future prospect, future ability, and you know potential for and treating like WWE roster and, and the youngins or whatever else is like draft prospects. And saw that like Luke Harper was up there high, and it was like we had talked about it, like. Even see shoemaker sees this shit too. We're not tripping. Like this dude's really fucking good, and you know, um, you you would see him like show out in at times in, um, really his first real shot, which was like the the Wyatt versus Shield matches, where he would you know carry the carry the day for the for the uh, Wyatt side for working it working their asses off. Um, you saw, you know, the stuff he would do with the Usos at the time, like when they were involved with, um, you know, Cena and Wyatt when they were doing their WrestleMania feud, and then they started having the tag matches, like the one you mentioned. I think that was probably the second match he did um, on TV, anyway. Um, and that match was awesome. And then, you know, they, you know, he was doing so much well work, good work that like they put him in, you know. Uh, they put him on the the the, uh, the authority side of uh, the Team Cena versus Team Authority Survivor Series men's match, which was an awesome fucking match. He was in that. He won the IC title. He had that awesome um, ladder match at TLC with Ziggler. He you know he he's a part of the seven way tag match at WrestleMania 35. He power he power bombs Dean Ambrose's ass to death through a ladder bridge. Highlight. Um, for all time yes um you know he had he had a bunch of different uh times like uh where he would get and I, I remember specifically about that part was that um in the road to wrestlemania that year they were in orlando and um like i went up there on like two hour or like two and a half hours notices it was like oh oh yeah they are doing raw there like it's like a february 2015 show and i was like Fuck it, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna buy a nosebleed ticket. I'm gonna go just to, just to go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, in Washington Nosebleed, it was Moxley versus versus um not Moxley, I'm sorry, it was Ambrose versus Harper. And I'm in a nosebleed, and I'm just like, and I'm literally like, because I like both of them, I'm rooting for the match, and the people around me are like, why are you not rooting for Dean Ambrose? Like, and I was telling them like, I'm rooting for the match to be good because he's two good ass wrestlers, and they had a mm-hmm. fun match. Um, but yeah, it's just you know all the all the stuff he went went through in his career there, like, and all the times he showed improved in the ring. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers even had, you know, uh, well, before we get to the Bludgeon Brothers, like the, the, the part where he's like the third wheel or whatever else in the Wyatt and Orton thing to get to WrestleMania 33, where he has, he has, you know, the kick-ass match with, uh, Orton at Russell, or, uh, Elimination Chamber. He has a match with AJ, um, that goes to the tie, um, over the top rope. Like, he's a good-ass wrestler, man. And I don't think in any other era he would have gotten that effusive praise. People would have talked about him and talked about how great of a guy he was, how much of a family man, how much he loved his his wife and his kid. Um, but to see people talk about that and like it was funny because once I saw the news, I went all these matches I just went through. Like I decided, you know, even from from then to you know now with like the Moxley match this year dog collar match this year the um was it like a 12 person tag yeah uh dark order versus the uh, elite and ftr yeah, like somebody from ftr goes out hank like the other ftr member goes out with hangman they're running underneath and then he mops them up and he ends up winning the match yeah like i had mitch i had wrote up a list of all these and i'm like fuck this is gonna be like a three per like a three thing tweet and then like I was like, I'm debating whether I should put it out there. I don't know if that's, you know, since this person died, should I even mention it? Like, these moments I thought of how good of a wrestler this dude was. And then, like, I look around a little bit more while I had it in drafts, and I see other people already had it up. People have a list of links to it, uh, to all these matches. And people have all these matches that I mentioned, too, and it was like, I ain't crazy. Like, everybody saw this shit, too, with him. Everybody had these moments of, you know, of of enjoyment watching this dude go out there on the stage and do his thing and at that point I felt no need to actually like you know put out the same thing that anybody else can because then you just still in you know people's shine when they had to put their work in and they got, they got out before I did but um but yeah it just it, it made me happy that to see the people like th- think of him in that way and that he you know he's gone now but flowers were still given and his uh his family and his friends and everybody else that you know talk about how you know that are in this that you know talk that feel that you know this is such a shitty thing they have to deal with dealing with you know the fandom on this stupid app um can see for at least like you know for a few hours or for a day or whatever maybe a week um that it ain't all bad there is some you know <laughs> um and 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 a time like this, we can all we can all put together to um, do what's right. And you know, um, I'm gonna miss the hell out of him because you know he's one of the best big men wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. He moved around so well, like, and yeah. he just got it from a he just got it from a modernized standpoint of what wrestling is. And he he could have he I felt like even if he had uh his if it was a situation where um, his career had been over. 
he had been somebody that like could have taught like you mean to tell me like given what they feel what they're doing like WWE is doing with um like the Keith Lees and the Dijaks and the Strowmans and all that stuff like you mean to tell me like Brody Lee would be a great big man like he can do the big man camp for people like he'd be great at it so right. um for me it it sucks for from this prospect the prospect of like I'll never see that dude be able to do a sing live uh anymore but um, I am glad that like he is getting his flowers, even though you know they came out, they came too late. But um, just it just sucked. Like obviously, you know, death waits for no one. But um, I thought we had kind of got past this shitty year without it getting any more shitty, and then this happened, and it was another bummer. I still haven't processed it, but um, yeah, man, just. I just can't get just wait, can't wait to get this fucking year off of me. Uh, like maybe maybe the air will smell better once we're done with this fucking year. It's a disaster. Yeah. Um. um so I want to go over the card. Uh, Tony Khan put out. So the card. Um. He put out. Uh. Negative one. Who is, was Brody Lee's son? And they referred to him on commentary on Dark. Uh, he was sitting in the crowd with a mask on on the last show. Um. Uh, he. They put his favorites together, which are Cody Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, and 10. They're going to be taking on Team Taz. Um, the Young Bucks and Colt Cabana will be taking on Matt Hardy and Private Party. Hangman, Silver, and Reynolds versus MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. We got Anna Jay and Ty Conti versus Dr. Britt Baker and Penelope Ford. Lance Archer, Uno, and Grayson versus Kingston, Butcher, and Blade. Um, so it's Dark Order everywhere um, on this show. And. Uh, I, I imagine testimonials all in between the matches. Um, I think it's going to be a special night, and I'm I would not miss this show for like much. Like, um, I think um, it, it, it's it's amazing to see like um, how he believed in himself, and he took the challenge because like walking into the dark order at the time he did that wasn't no popular thing that wasn't no easy decision that wasn't no like oh okay i'm gonna just walk in and just be on top by myself he could easily did that and he was like he saw opportunity saw people that he worked with previously and uno and grayson and was like let's see if i can i can make this shit pop and they fucking did and he helped create another person like with silver and john silver is gonna like reap this shit i feel like yeah, and another part about it is like, it's one thing when you know you're going into a shitty into a situation that could turn shitty really quick. It's another thing when like that could happen, and the people think it's going to be someone besides you. Like so many people thought that the exalted was going to be Broken Man Hardy, and then it wasn't. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I I do feel you know. I am bummed out that like he didn't get the you know the AEW pop in Rochester because of this stupid fucking virus. But yeah, um, you know he he's never like, he's never like, going to be able to get in a hot reception in front of a hot AEW crowd like yeah. anywhere across the country. Yeah, which is fucking nuts. Um, but I feel lucky to have have seen him uh, in AEW. Yeah, um, just a dude that like. I'm not the wrestling fan that I am now in 2020. If I'd never see him first in like 2014, like he's one of them dudes, like same thing with like Cesaro. 
Like, I, they just, they just changed what you can, what you think out of what you want out of wrestling. They just did. Um, guys like him, um, along with you know the others like CM Punk and and Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan and AJ and everybody else. But um, yeah, just a just a hell of a wrestler, hell of a wrestler. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I think I'm out. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, man. Um, shout out to Brody Lee. Um, have a drink for him. Uh, um, watch his matches and remember uh, what that dude meant to you because I, I feel like he's he's not necessarily the um, like it's not John Cena that's dying right it's not like Hulk Hogan it's not The Rock or you know uh, someone like Roman Reigns this is like wrestling fans wrestler like he belongs to the wrestling fans the wrestling community so um, and he belongs to his family of course like but um, he was one. Of, he was one of our guys, and you never expect this to happen this way. But rest in peace, uh, Brody Lee. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. This on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Okay, so the business at hand for this show um, will be... Previewing the 2020 One Nation Radio Award nominees, um, we did the show last year a lot earlier in the in December than we are doing it this year. Um, a lot of that is on me because, quite frankly, I kind of got fed up with watching any of the E for the last two three weeks. So I'm just like, I don't feel like watching that shit. Please, I don't feel like it. Let's just do something else. I don't want to talk about any more weekly wrestling for a while. So, um, now that we're in the year mode, uh, uh, it's finally upon us. Uh, we can talk about, um, you know, some of the best and worst of uh, 2020 professional wrestling. Um, so, Rich, uh, you want to carry us through here? We're, uh, also, because this is now um, 12.31 in the morning. We are not going to do it as long as we did last year because that was like three hour show. We're not doing that. Um, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of speed around th- or move around in here pretty quickly and try to get out of here in a decent time. Um, and um, hopefully you guys will enjoy it just the same. So we've got um, for those of you and that would like to join the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group, there is a uh, 
audio posts of our cut down process of these. So you'll hear like the what went into us making these decisions if we don't like cover it in complete detail. I believe it starts from like the third award on. So go to the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group and check that audio out. I'm going to yank that audio if I can and, and get it uploaded uh, and try to get it uploaded on the One Nation radio feed as well. Um, here on yeah. the network so um, let's start with the big dog so uh, the, not Roman Reigns but the Shawn Michaels <laughs> in-ring performer of the year so this just goes to the best in-ring performer we're talking about the star ratings we're talking about uh, just week to week month to month like putting into big matches who's getting people over who's shining on their own so we've got eight nominees across four promotions I believe yeah. uh, so from the top um, we've got uh, Tomohiro Ishii, we got Shingo Takagi, Kenny Omega, Mayu Iwatani, Hiromu Takahashi, the Young Bucks, Kyle O'Reilly, and Momo Watanabe. Yeah, um, just you know, I think unless we're talking about like uh, Go Shizaki, we're talking about literally um, everybody you want to mention for best wrestler in two thousand um, twenty. In the ring from bell to bell, um, yeah, I. It's crazy that like, I, it's weird if, that that Okada's not on here. It just is, but it's the truth. Yeah, <laughs> it's the truth. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I loved Hiromu's year. I loved um, Shingo's year of the Never Belt. I loved Mayu's year, of course, in great detail. Uh, Kenny had a great year. I th- it, a year that's like has a lot of variety because you know he was at the top of two different divisions at different point and did very well with both. Um, I, I I I don't know who I'm voting for for number one. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to wherever like Mayu's going to play somewhere for me. But um, outside of that, I really have no um, yeah. I really have no clue who I'm going to pick. Um, I will Sneakily probably say, probably loaded say category. Yeah, I think I think Ishi might. Might be also a lot to, to to place, but like outside of that, um, I don't know what I don't know where else to go. But it's it's a good like it, it's crazy. We were going through the Hangman, or we were going through all these cutoffs. We were like Momo or whoever else, and Momo. We were like, dude, are we underselling how good fucking year the Momo had? Like she she should have probably should have been a lot. Like that's how good she was all year throughout the year, and all these tags with Azumi, she was great. So yeah, it's Some a really cuts were list. like Pete Dunn, yeah. uh, Hangman Page, Io um, Shirai, Shuri, Io Shirai. So you had to be like at the like you had to have like no holes. And what we did was yeah. like we argued like against the people in their own promotion and then we like cross examined them against other people so uh, we felt that we got you know eight of the best here and it you know it's up to you guys uh drop fair votes on them and you know you know try to you know if you didn't necessarily check out uh, a momo watanabe or the young bucks week to week or Romu takahashi or even kenny omega or ishii like Take a look at what they did. Look at look at it on paper. Look at it for yourself. Uh, you know, if, if you can find those those videos uh, and and take a look at what these folks gave you in the pandemic, largely in empty arena environments, yeah. and uh, look at how they adapted to you know this you know style essentially because this is a this is a, a year unlike any other, and it, I think that's reflected throughout the voting. So. Um, 
but yeah, I, I don't know who who my favorites are yet, but um, yeah, we'll see. Like because it's it's a loaded category. Yeah. Um. So up next, we've got uh, WWE Women Wrestlers of the Year. So we've got uh, six nominees here. Uh, we've got Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Asuka. So yeah. Yeah, like um, three main roster, three NXT uh, people here. Uh, I, I'm sure people are wondering where Charlotte is, but I think that um, mm. she missed half the year, so More it, it gets a little tough there for her uh, yeah, to, yeah. you know, when you start breaking it down here. But um, with, you know, I, I think you got your, you know, uh, with Sasha, I feel like you've got your traditional candidate, like of a of a Flair Thez style here. Um, you got like the good wrestling, the star presence, the the winning as a baby face, uh, all in there. I think with with EO, you've got also um, yeah, probably like um, a, a smaller scale uh, Flair Thez argument there, and then you just got different people like Oscar who are like sensational throughout, you know, the first part of the pandemic. Bailey did a lot of critically acclaimed work uh, and Candice LeRae is like just, you know, they, they've turned her, but like by she's ascended in her own way. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Gathering, yeah. Yeah. Like to see how John, how Johnny had to carry her through a lot of the talking at first. And then like, by the time we get to, it's time to do um, war games. Like she, like there's nobody else that could be carrying the promo work besides her. Like, if there was a most improved wrestler thing for the sec for the promo part or whatever else, like she's definitely improved. And like, she didn't really like all of a sudden like become some gigantic personality to do so. She more or less just figured out how to like how to turn it into her own um by basically like look i'm not a i'm not a boisterous person i'm not this big uh i'm i'm, I'm soft spoken so i can just be like condescendingly evil uh in my own way like i can be an asshole while being like you know while not being all over the place like I, she's done a really good job with it but yeah um i think you know so much of her stuff was connected to eo and her and eo just have this great chemistry um ria Rhea been tasked with a bunch of different things and despite how good or shitty these things were she did very well with the weather was you know trying to carry her friend uh, Raquel throughout the, uh, in you know in the Haas battles um, the EO match was is inc- one of the best matches of the year in, in WWE um, her you know her match at Wrestlemania was the best pure wrestling match on, on Wrestlemania for you know for developmental uh, for a developmental prospect um she got handed a, sh- a lot of shit and she turned a lot of shit into sh- chicken salad this year. Um, Sasha, Sasha just had a renaissance year. Um, this is the year that we've been waiting for her to have. And it's sad in, in a way that's like, we don't even give a fuck about the main roster way anymore. Yep. But it's like, this is the year she should have had in like 2016 or 17 or 18 or 19. Like this is where they should have picked her over Charlotte. Like, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. yep. Um, um, but we finally got WWE it. did like the bare minimum for Luke Harper on Raw tonight. And there's a huge thing where the WWE Homer fans are yelling at Brian Myers for being disappointed in WWE doing the bare minimum to memorialize his friend. Let me guess, um, they put up the graph saying you know john huber the picture it, in black and then his the year of death year year of birth year of death and that was it i be, i'm not sure yet but they did not do a 10 bell salute mm. and yeah. no uh, okay a graphic was shown no 10 bell salute 
I would wow. figure they do the Tim Bell salute just for the fact that like you're gonna piss off a lot of your employees if you don't. But whatever. Um, back to lecture at hand. I, you know, that's the reason why I didn't really want to talk about the WWE aspect of him getting the fuck out of there. Um, because it's like, you know, things go wrong. They gave him some opportunity. They didn't completely, you know, it, it's not a trim like his EC fucking three, right? But um, it was one of the things where it's like, I'd, I'd rather not talk about that. I like to talk about like the good moments I had watching him perform. Um, yeah. wherever it was, I don't Alexa, really like the other also the, where gasoline herself uh, so, so Alexa Bliss also dumped gasoline on herself like why didn't they do any of this for the 3.3 million viewers that tuned in for Smackdown like why did they do this shit it's almost like they realize it's fucking stupid um let's let's back okay. to back to yeah um, <laughs> okay yeah, uh, yeah like Bailey Bailey was a was a great foil for um for uh Sasha and then like you know really good catalyst in you know, those two versus the Kabuki Warriors um, during the summer. Um, you know, the, the the finish of that one match, I'm not even going to get into it, but, like, they did a lot of good wrestling in between some of the nonsense. So um, I thought Bailey was deserving of it. Um, I feel like she stepped up very well with, you know, everybody fucking gone that they actually really want to push. Um, so so there's that as well. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's a... And then, oh, yeah, Asuka. Asuka, you know... Oscar may as well, or sorry, that the Raw may as well fold up the fucking division if it's not for Oscar this year. Like, no Charlotte, no Becky. Oscar is out here having to wrestle Zelina Vega and carry her to a fucking good match on pay per view. She's there. Look, it's so it's so bond on depleted that they're out here like let's do Kabuki Warriors versus Sasha and Bailey to try to carry both these divisions because there's only like two good wrestlers on each division. Um, it, you know, um, I, I felt like. I felt like she was like Steph Curry on the Warriors right now with like Clay out. Wow. <laughs> really too, was like, I'm surrounded by fucking idiots, bro. I'm fine for my fucking life. So, uh, I, I, you know, I really loved Asuka. She, she was at the beginning of the year, the first half of the year, she was, she was, uh, she was probably the, she probably would not vote for WWE wrestler of the year in general. Um, she's tailed off since because, you know, they stopped doing the Sasha stuff. But and eventually, I, I, like, that's a tough ass for her to keep, you know, doing John Henry's work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like carry a division on your back while like everybody is leaving slash doing stupid shit. You're in the middle of a pandemic. And because you have the charisma of five motherfuckers, um, you were putting on TV. You know, you can't speak the language. That is a tough ass. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, NXT or WWE, uh, NXT wrestler of the year. So of course these, uh, are combined, uh, yeah. as well. So uh, we got Finn Balor, Oscar, yep. Damian Priest, Io Shirai, Sasha Banks, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton. So um, a nice category when you think about it. Um, eight strong candidates there, um, like a first timer, like a Damian Priest uh, showing up here and relatively, you know, kind of new um you know, like he, he wasn't really, you know, before this year as focused on. Right. Um, you you got uh, your Sasha and Io and Asuka, so we got three women nominated here. Um, we got our top champions, uh, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. This year has pretty much been the year of McIntyre. Orton with like a throwback year, um, and Balor, you know, just kind of big leaguing and NXT. Like I'm not doing no jobs. Uh, I'm gonna eventually get the belt, and I'm just gonna. I have a confusing character, but like. Er, 
you know, the Booker just loves me. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. um, I, I gotta say, I feel like whoever wins this will, this will be the weakest award winner that we've had out of this category. So let, let's see what we got. So do we have four NXT and then we have four, uh, main roster people here. So like yeah. what side do we think is going to do better on this one, James? Ooh, um, because I'm looking I, at it, that the main roster candidates look kind of strong here. I would say that the they are going to win, um, but and that is a stinging indictment of what NXT has done with with their stars on the top. Like in a regular year, if this had been a year ago, um, and they did what they were doing with Keith Lee. Keith Lee finishes out the rest of the year in NXT and wins it going away. Am I am I wrong? Am I wrong right. in saying that? He ends up like you know having more like matches like of high profile. Right. They don't burn fire in his face and do all type of you yeah. know tap yeah. shit. They don't make him the champion. To then, yeah, they don't make him the champion. Then lose it like three or four weeks fucking later. They don't do that. Um, yeah, like NXT. And I talked about this um, when we were doing um, earlier when we were cutting down, like as far as what should be nominated for some of these awards for like miscalculations or bad booking. It was like, well, NXT did have four uh, different NXT champions in like the span of seven weeks. Like that's a problem. That probably doesn't mm-hmm. help you. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know who's going to win this. Um, I imagine it's going to be like Drew McIntyre or Sasha Banks or Roman Reigns. Yeah, I, I I think it's those three, and then everybody else fighting for scraps. So <laughs> um, after that, we have our New Japan Wrestler of the Year. So we've got eight uh, nominees here. We've got Tomohiro Ishii, Kota Ibushi, Shingo Takagi, Kazushiko Okada, Minoru Suzuki, Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. So um, lots of variants here. You've got... Um, You've got the the underrated people balling. You've got um, your normal top stars kind of coming down to reality. You've got consistency. You've got uh, someone like Hiromu Takahashi. You have Tetsuya Naito riding in there on his name. Um, you got Hiroshi Tanahashi putting in a great you know mid forties year. Um, you, you know, the the, 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 the issues that we've had with New Japan have been well chronicled here on this show this year. But um, when it comes to Wrestler of the Year, they, there's a lot of strong candidates here. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I'm fearful for the voting because I think people are going to be fucking marks, um, you know, to say it, you know, as bluntly as I can. Um, but I don't know. What, what do you think, James? I think that Naito is going to win this award. And it will fly in the face of what this, what these awards have been annually, which is basically centered mostly around good pro, someone having good promos, being pushed on top, having great wrestling matches. Like if so, for example, um, I'm trying to think. So John Cena, I don't think may have won this one time for one uh, one a quote unquote Thez Flair uh, style award for us. Right, one time ever. In 2015, he right. won the Wrestler of the Year, the Riffle of Wrestler of the Year, and the Shawn Michaels Aaron Performer of the Year. Right, and that took the the open challenge for him to do such a thing, and he was the most over person in in the in the business. Right, yeah, <laughs> to, to yep. accomplish such a thing. Right, 
like Naito has so much stuff for as much stuff as he has going for him, which is like the you know the the politic hand rubbing stuff of he's the most over guy in the company or second most over guy in the company, whatever. And and he's a merch he's a merch mover big time. Like there's that, but as far as um, the part where in 2020 you're supposed to talk the talk and walk the walk and have the fuse that people want to see. Uh, he did not do much of that this year, um, especially compared to um, his stablemates, Hiromu Takahashi versus someone like a Desperado um, or a Dragon Lee again, or someone like um, Shingo in the Never uh, stuff when he's fighting Suzuki and he's fighting Goto and he's fighting um, uh, Ishii. He just it, that just didn't happen in that way. Um, this was a really bad year, and a most and the overwhelming majority of that to blame is the fact that they decided to try to make a guy an evil, and it did not work at all this year. Um, and so you have no choice but to. Tr- I believe Night would still be a diamond, but evil was doo doo that was stuck to that diamond throughout the year. So I can't say he's shining brightly uh, leaving 2020. Yeah, I, I, I don't fair. think Tetsuya Naito's performance would have been accepted by any of the last, I don't know how many IWGP champions, <laughs> but at least the last two. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, I think Suzuki had a sneaky um, under underrated year no one's talking about. Um, Kota Ibushi, I think, you know, the G1 kind of took some shine off him losing the briefcase. Um you know, we only did eight, so someone like a Jay White is not here, even though he right. uh, was kind of critically acclaimed uh, upon Same coming back. But COVID jail kind of kind of hurt him a little bit there. Osprey uh, also Osprey as well. They had an even more critically acclaimed um, uh, 2020 in 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 New Japan than Jay White. He was also in COVID jail, so that hurt him as well. Like this was the year to where if there was, uh, if they had been around, like. I would have been glad to have put in, uh, to have Osprey take and in, in, maybe even Jay White take um, Naito and Okada the fuck out of here. Um, that's that's how disappointing I felt like watching both of those two this year. Um, and like the highs for Okada were higher than the highs for Naito, but it was still rough to try to watch that King of Pro Wrestling shit and watch him, um, for lack of a better word, fuck off for in some of these New Japan Cup matches. Um, it, it really was jarring. It was like, yo, like he clearly is like, I'm down cycling because y'all are doing this over there. So like, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be ready whenever you want to done, be done with your fucking fantasy games over here with this Naito evil shit. Let me know, holla. Like that's how I felt. Like he like I felt like he let, like not let go of the rope, but like he's like, all right, all right. You know, very out about his match with Osprey, where he commented on the quality of the IWGB title matches this oh, year. Did. So, what do you say? Yes, very interesting. Um, Tomohiro Ishii, MVP of the New Japan Cup, as well as the yep. G1. Yep. Uh, um, just a guy that has asked for your love every year. Will yep. you give it to him now? Uh, now, if this was any, if this were um, a normal year, the average person that you say someone was the MVP of the New Japan Cup in the G1, doesn't that mean it's almost like? Almost like, like a slam dunk. They should win this the fucking year. thing. They should win like New Japan Wrestler of the Year at least. Not not necessarily even go to as far as Wrestler Year. Shouldn't need to be a lot. Click clack. Yeah, Shouldn't like be, um, yeah. except he receives zero protection in booking. So yeah, like <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's he's pushes if he's fucked someone's daughter. 
Yes. Um, okay, so let's go to our newcomer of the year award. So oh, hold on, first... we didn't talk about Hiromu. Hiromu's fucking awesome. Hiromu, oh, Hiromu, this dude off a broken neck. Yeah, this dude had his first singles match from breaking his neck on July on January fourth. Think of what he's done this year. He's one. He's one. He's been one of the five best wrestlers in the world in any promotion. Like he's just been incredible. Um, I wish they want him, you know, uh, yeah. join the Bullet Club, becoming the leader. That's it, it, you know. Wouldn't have had this problem at all. Naito, look, Naito had fought Hiromu. Like, look, Naito not fighting Hiromu might be the reason why we all feel like he really isn't uh, the the wrestler of the year in New Japan because that New Japan that New, um, that anniversary match got taken from us. Yep, and we won't get it back until next year, if that. Yeah. Um. So up next, we got our newcomer of the year. So this is the first year in WWE, New Japan, AEW, or Stardom. Um, a little bit slight modification from last year, but we've got eight nominees here. Uh, we've got Wardlow, the War Dog, um, John Silver, Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston, Thunder Rosa, Micah, Sherry, and Julia. A lot of variants here. People that are that have been in the business forever, like Eddie Kingston, uh, newcomers, straight, like straight newcomers, like Warlow or Julia, like uh, who doesn't have a ton of experience that I know of. Uh, so longtime indie standouts, uh, Ricky Starks and Silver. Julia, uh, I'm sorry, not Julie, but uh, uh, Shuri. Shuri's a longtime indie standout. Yeah, you know, in, in her own way. Yeah, um, and then like someone like a Thunder Rosa just kind of pops in. Uh, yeah. Not even signed with a promotion, but it's been spotlighted. It, I feel like she'll eventually be there, but um, I, you know, I, I like this award because it's like it's a futures pick, right? So like you yeah. know, who who do y'all think like you know kind of killed it, and then also like you know where's it going? So. Yeah, man. Um, I it's uh, it it just depends on what you like. Like, if you want the promos, you got Starks there. You got um, Kingston there. Uh, if you want the if you want the 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 pure the pure work, you got Shuri there. If you you know, or, I mean, hell, if, if if you want a beat him up match, you got Micah there. If you want if like you know, if you want to see um, technical. Um, expertise. You got Shuri and Thunder Rosa there. Like it's 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 a really if you want you know a classic American muscle car, you got Wardlow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. it's 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 a lot. It's gonna come down to I don't know who's going to win, but it's gonna come down to just you know just uh your personal people's personal preferences. Um, so I don't know who's going to win in this. Yeah. One of the stronger categories of newcomer of the year that we've ever had, I would say. Are, are you glad um, that we decided to cut that shit and say, hey, man, let's th- throw, throw Stardom on here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we bolstered this so well. Yep. So um, up next, we've got our Dusty Rose Promo Cutter of the Year Award. This yep. goes to the be- person with the best promos. So we've got eight nominees here. Uh, we got John Moxley, Taz, Cody Rhodes, MJF. Randy Orton, Eddie Kingston, Pat McAfee, and Chris Jericho. Lots of AEW on here. Yeah. This is the promo promotion uh, like last year. One thing I want to make note of is I feel like Kingston and fucking Taz. Right. <laughs> I feel like this should be known before we begin to it. This year in 2020, 
I believe was the best year of the One Nation radio era of pro wrestling that we've covered as far as promos and talking segments go. Um, I remember at the beginning of the year, I wrote a list of people that had great promos or a couple multiple good promos, whether it was Daniel Bryan, whether it was Johnny Gargano, whether it was Adam Cole, whether it was, uh, by the time we got to the middle of the year, Kyle O'Reilly, um, Tommaso Ciampa, Santana, uh, you know, um, it, Randy Orton had what I still think is the best promo of the year I've heard. Uh, it, you know, and then it throws in like the regulars like Jericho, MJF, Kingston comes to the forefront. Moxley cuts a fucking great promo every goddamn week. Um, Kenny Omega finally uh, decides that like, he wants to be a star. Uh, John Callis shows up in AEW um, or a, you know, traditional American wrestling star. Obviously, he's a fucking star. That's not what I'm getting at. I saw you roll your eyes. I was like, yeah, let me correct that. Uh, so, as far as... Oh, no, I, did, so, I didn't roll my so, eyes. Uh, but, yeah, like, we had so many great promos. Brody had great promos. Like, I, like some were hit or miss, but even he had great promos. Like, it was so many good promos. Like, it was such a great Britt promo. Baker. Year to words, like, Britt Baker came out at the beginning of the year with the, with the fucking Yoshi Hammer smashing people. Um, she was, like, the last cut on this, y'all, like, for... Yeah, it, this so it, it was um it was a great year for promos it, like it was a great year for promos um like Sonya Deville I, I think I mentioned Sonya Deville or whatever else earlier but like when she had to break up from um Mandy like that was also great um you know people that we've always had around that we knew were good promos that they use a little bit like um uh like like Mustafa Ali as well like it was it was just Dustin it was Rhodes. Really Dustin Rose as well. Every time he, every time that man gets for a match, he needs to cut a thirty or like a ninety second promo. So see Edge, Edge. I forgot about Edge. Great promos. Yeah, yep. So like, just looking at this category, it's like, um, what do you want? So yeah, Mosley, you got a traditional ruffian, tough man, world champion. Taz, you've got a chip on his shoulder, schmuck manager. Um, Cody, you've got a traditional like top star. Uh, you know, just try- trying to you know get through essentially. Uh, MJF, a fucking sleaze ball that's like on the rise, about to overtake a whole gang. Uh, did all this stuff with Cody, uh, Randy Orton. Uh, taps into something this year um to where he there's no fans in the building but like he can just look in the camera and look more menacing and even when Eddie there were Kingston, fans, a fucking even world and even when there were fans he was great as well but yeah yeah definitely like after that kingston's just eddie kingston just a whirlwind of like what the fuck is that like <laughs> um like if pat mcafee like- rolls out of bed I was gonna say with with Kingston, like it feels like like when we first start getting like the Samoa Joe promos on Roman Reigns, it's like yo, he's on people's fucking necks, like <laughs> like that's yeah. how I felt with some of these Kingston things. Yeah, um, we got Pat McAfee just rolls out of bed um, and has tons of charisma and just like just like needs to sprinkle some of the charisma on the other people in NXT. Like, hey man, can we like? You know, I'm sure the rules are a little different for Pat, oh, they but um, <laughs> they were. Yeah, he's worthy of it. So, and then you know, Chris Jericho, why wouldn't he be here? So, um, he starts thinking about you know the few with Moxley. Uh, everything's done in all the segments with MJF. Uh, the stuff with Orange Cassidy just yeah. 
just brilliant uh you know his brilliant mind so like clearly uh, like listening to every time he does like the, the the matches with like the young guys when they cut their promos you can see some of the the traces of some of the jericho dna and blueprint yeah. in their promos with me clearly like, he was he's been helping them out with as far as what to say to build up this thing that we're about to do in like fit you know in like two minutes like yeah yeah coaching like like kind of oddly it's funny Jericho and Tanahashi wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom right mm-hmm. I wouldn't put, put Jericho on his level in the ring right? Right, right, right but if you start thinking about like if you can talk about that as far as like promos and helping build guys like mm-hmm. he was right there wrestling Isaiah Cassidy um, you know he was he's in there with Top Flight this past week um, he was in there uh, doing Tab matches with Hager against I forgot who it was, but it was another young team. A few teams, yeah, yeah, Uh, and just coaching dudes through promos and yeah. So like he should definitely be there. So um, up next we got the AEW Wrestler of the Year. So as much as we praise Chris Jericho here, (laughs) let's get to it. (sighs) So our eight people here, we've got John Moxley. Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen, MJF, Hangman Page, and Brody Lee. So, um, no Chris Jericho there. I think the work fell off in the ring to too much of a degree to put him over any of these guys on here. And then looking at the people on here, um, as I mentioned, you got a traditional world champion. You've got Kenny Omega doing damage in, in two divisions. You got the Bucks doing damage, like and just sending a, a, out a pre- preliminary fuck you for before they go on the Observer Hall of Fame ballot next year, I believe, and they moonwalk in. Um, just another vintage year for those guys. Cody takes a step back, but kind of builds up that that um, secondary championship, and that's like a highlight of the summer. I feel like he's kind of for. I feel like he's kind of, you know, we talked about and we had four locks and he wasn't one of the locks. And then we talked about, um, you know, the next set of people. And, you know, it was like five or six people for the next five slots. And like immediately after we go through it, it's like Cody's five. Immediately we need to make him a lock. You know, it was almost like, damn, why do we even bother making him a. Why do we make him go through this process anyway? Um, Same for Darby. Uh, uh, yeah, Cody had such a phenomenal beginning of the year that the only thing that really hurt him was the fact that he was so successful that he decided to like to, to get another gig and he kind of had to go away for a little bit. And then like he kind of, you know, the Brody thing took off so well, it was like they went back to when it kind of felt like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, walking in place, but, um, you know, he hasn't really like captured what he was doing before with, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the first half of the year, but the first half of the year was so phenomenal that, like, the only thing that's hurting him is the fact that, like, it was the first half of the year, so the last half of the year, because if these years, if these, if, like, it was reversed, and, like, he would have been a definite lock, and, we, and it would have been no thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darby Allen, your new TNT champion, um, did great TV work all year. Yep. Did, did some solid pay review stuff with Sammy Guevara, uh, as well as Cody, and, just put it on a line like he's you know been intertwined with team taz all year so uh and just i felt like leaped as a star um this year like from last year he was like this just his rookie and then now he's somebody so um Um, mjf unique very unique yeah 
Yeah, you know, it's not often you see um churches being set on fire and shit like <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, just like it's unique and it's different every single week while feeling familiar and like that's that that's you know that's the magic. Yep, MJF, um, crazy, just crazy. yeah, just like proves that he's top. He's gonna be a star for the next twenty five years. He's gonna work safe. He's gonna never get hurt. Uh, he's gonna cut great promos. Uh, he's got his first uh, taste of of headlining um, this year. He's got generational rivals set everywhere. He's got Jericho ready to hand him the inner circle. If you don't see what MJF, I don't know what you're missing. Like <laughs> at this point, so um, Hangman Page, uh, of course, all those ham, uh, tag matches that Kenny Omega was in, Hangman was in there with him, uh, and he built a solid resume outside of that as well. Uh, with matches against Wardlow, Frank Gazarian, um, and I'm thinking I'm blanking on the other one. Oh, also Kenny Omega, yeah, <laughs> um, and. Uh, he, and he was just a central person this year. And you talk about someone being hotter than a fucking sun before the pand- pandemic. He may be the single biggest um, uh, person, you know, affected by by COVID nineteen, like where he was in his career, ready to launch to before all this shit shut down. Yeah. Um. I I mean I loved his match at Warlow so much. Um, and a couple months ago, or or last month, or whatever else. Just I, you know. Uh, and then there was a lot of pressure on him at the time because you know we're just like you know he is that middle guy kind of like Pac where it's like is he a top guy or is he a top of the middle car of the mid card guy and you know he hadn't really had he kind of had been bruised you know pitches or whatever else you know throughout the year um, or actually throughout the entire run of um, AEW and like to go out there on, on a big spot with Wardlow and the way that it came through it like it just really just like made me think higher of the potential level for for hangman and warlow and i'm you know i'm i'm buying up all the stock on warlow and a lot of that is because of you know because of what he did in that spot with uh with hangman and hangman wasn't out here um you know well i well obviously he's not the one doing getting carried but he 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 put he did a great job on that match and this made me think like this dude is more then I give him credit for, it, even though I think he's great, but uh, or really damn good. But like he probably is great now at this point, and we should just say it as, flat, as flatly as that. Um, still think his character is <laughs> a mess, but whatever. Like it, I, I ain't got it. Look, everybody else loves it, so that's just a me thing. Uh, and then Brody Lee, um, seven month run with AW, um, wins the TNT title, main events pay per view, rebuilds the Dark Order destroys Cody brutal match uh, with the dog collar match. Um, and uh, this last time he's going to be nominated for something like this. So yeah. um, also of note, the, uh, the squashing like at oh, angle after the, the post match thing is like one of the best things in wrestling this year. Like, like something that literally made me like shout and enjoy as far as like, this is fucking awesome. So, yeah, uh, you know, short and sh- you know short uh, campaign, but a damn impressive one. All you independent wrestlers, the TNT Open Challenge is over. You remember <laughs> that man was talking shit during one of those one of his matches where he beat the hell out of somebody, and he told Silver to get up on the ring and show the crowd the title, and then that man showed the title for a, a second. And he shoved his ass for. That's yeah. one of the funniest fucking things I saw this year. I was like, wait, what? Why? 
He's abusing this man, Rich. Yeah. So. Oh God, uh, that was awesome. Tough category, and then uh, yeah, as I mentioned, like uh, or Moxley. I don't anything we talked about Moxley. Uh, Moxley, like just the author of like oh, oh, oh. feuds. Can we also mention like he also had an, uh, Brody also had an elite level squash this year against yes against Margot Stunt. Yes, yes, also yeah. Um, John Moss was just the author of feuds, like traditional storytelling, like, yep. you know, what he didn't give you at the very top end of like star rating wise, like he's more than made up for it. Like just he's promoing every week and just being he's John fucking Wayne. Like <laughs> that, 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 that's what the fuck I see when I see John Marsley. Um, uh, yeah, just. Just uh, you know, we always talk about Bray Wyatt is like you know he he's like AJ Burnett back in the day. He was like yeah, he may have a a four fifty a four fifty uh, e- or sorry a four five ERA, but he's going to eat up innings. Like John Moxley came out here and gave us like he he gave us Kershaw, <laughs> like he gave us like Doc Holliday. You know what I'm saying? He came out here and he carried. Uh, these innings and and basically you took the ball and and said and said uh, Skipper get the fuck out the way I'm going complete games out here like one hitters two hitters uh it just 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 great um I, he was he was so good at didn't he was one of the few guys that like over the last few years where he was like I don't really care about like if they got to four, over four and a half like. This was so fulfilling watching him go through through inner circle. This was so fulfilling right. watching him go like finally beat the shit out of that shithead uh, MJF. This was so fulfilling okay. watching him in Kingston. This like him, you know, when he showed up, he beat the shit out of Kenny Omega uh, in in the fucking silhouette. Was fucking hilarious. Like there was so much there this year, um, and it's like it was so re- rewarding watching that dude that from you think about him in 2016 to now it's like we weren't crazy he always had it it was always there regardless of how how you know stupid it got with fucking inoculations and and getting you know whatever else and gas masks and shit yeah, like yeah. it was and you know and wearing <laughs> and wearing chain or, or wallet chains with no wallet attached whatever like it was it was there. We weren't fucking crazy. We were gaslit, and yeah. now that now we're away from from now that we're some of us are away from that from that over there, we can watch what we what we thought what we what we always knew was there. We're not crazy. Yeah. It feels great yeah. to not feel like we were like no no we weren't crazy. Exactly. Um, Kenny Omega, phenomenal from the start of the year January first to now. Um, felt like. He wanted to send a message to everybody this year. I think from, you know, through they threw dirt on him last year for whatever reason, um, <laughs> but they did. And uh, from January first on, it was like, all right, I'm a I'm a shepherd this this guy, Handman Page, who we're gonna make a star, you, uh, handcuff him to me, and we'll be all right. And they were, and they had that 228 day uh, reign between him and Hangman. Um, doing single stuff in the meantime with Pac Iron Man match, um, t- doing shit like like crazy shit like the moonsault off the crane. Uh, I can remember the one of the all time dynamite moments where they run over Sam Guevara, 
Kenny's hanging out the side like a fucking madman. Um, you know, his work, he goes to fucking Mexico and just has a fucking match or whatever. Like, that's super raw. Um, and he's back, you know, does the world title eliminator tournament. Also, another great squash of the year um, with him. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, trolling with, with the with the belt with the Lucha Brothers, like and him beating up Marco Stunt before, and uh, the entire turn, like he's got, uh, I think, the wrestling world on his ear right now. And the Bucks, um, the Bucks, just, I think, the, it's hard to explain, like. Uh, how you how the how I feel about the Bucks this year because it's like they came in and they they literally were the ones I think the most that that beat themselves down at the at the beginning uh, and they had like the furthest climb uh, back to you know championship status and top star status and they did nothing but pop numbers have everyone's best match against them and win the belts and by the time they won them it felt right it felt like the right decision is long overdue and um hell of a and then now after their is is open season who who wants some and this young dude is top flight it's um the acclaimed um you know i think the bucks are phenomenal so i i don't know exactly how the voting is going to play out but strong category i feel like this kenny year is like one of the last like two healthy LeBron years where it's like I, you know it doesn't really matter the situation Kyrie wants to trade out tell the tell the front office I'll be I'll be here for training camp to try to win another championship I'll, I'll do whatever it takes I don't care um you know this year um bringing Anthony Davis or last season bringing Anthony Davis even this year where he's like you know you know he, let's say hangman is is like the in, in theory the Anthony Davis is like we, you know, I got with you. I'm gonna show you some, show you the best basketball you've ever you've ever experienced. And I'm gonna, <laughs> and like you're you're great too. But I'm gonna make sure I'm gonna make damn sure that you know that you know and like we're gonna see how great you actually are eventually because of this experience. And like at the end of it, like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very giving. I'm gonna be patient, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bid my time. But when it's winning time. I am putting the fucking pedal down and I am going to, and I am going to race to the top to get to where I'm at. And then we're going to see, and like, regardless, like he could do it. He can handle it however he wants to like, ultimately like whatever his goal at the time is, he can do pretty much whatever he wants. That's what this kind of year proved. Like you want to put him in the tag team and, and, you know, get a guy over. He, he did that to an extent. I don't know. I'm not giving all the credit to hang to, to, to Kenny Omega. Cause obviously the hangman's, you know, we, we already talked about hangman. Um, but like to when it's time, I don't know if that works as well. If it's it's somebody else in the Kenny Omega role, right? But like when he got done with that or whatever else, when there was time, when there was the time to press the button to go, when it was winning time, like he basically like went back to being a very similar to the New Japan, the the uh, the Kenny Omega that we that we all fell in love with, and look where he is now. Like obviously. I have concerns about this, but like the year's over now. Look, let's look back. Look at all them. Look, look at all that. Look at all that greatness we've saw. Like we'll we're, we'll get to whatever is in store for twenty twenty one when it's twenty twenty one. But right now, this is a retrospective, and this was an incredible year. 
Yeah, uh, and if he if he if he happens to take this home, um, I, I will make sure to clip this audio to see if it can get used in the interest. <laughs> so, yeah, North Carolina or no? Yeah, yeah. After it's the so North weird. Carolina, isn't it weird that like Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez don't get that like it is the play on the Michael Jordan intro for Chicago Bulls, even though people keep telling them sports. that. Neither, neither of them watch sports, but yeah, you said people keep telling them that, but they just don't get it. Like, like shooting guard at six six from North Carolina, Michael. Like, no, ESPN. It's it's in, it's in all these basic cable packages. Just put it on when you're you know when you're not doing anything. Just, just let it, just let it play. You might learn yeah. something. Anyway. So we've got the AEW Women's Wrestler of the Year. Um, I got six nominees on here. Boy, now you talk about a division decimated by anything you can think of, right? Let's see. Injury. <laughs> COVID. COVID jail. People just people COVID. banished from COVID banned. That's what just, they are. Just just everything. Um, Behind you, the you, wall, Rich. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they've got one segment a week, most, most weeks. So, um, I argue that, you know, um, you know, a, like we have, um, this nominated elsewhere on, on the list, I believe, um, for, uh, who booked this shit award, I believe. And I argue that maybe they did a good job because you shouldn't be overexposing this shit to, <laughs> So the you know to a bigger degree, but um, so the sixth one we got we have Akari Shida has beaten everybody like a drum this year. Um, Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb, who is the NWA champion, signed with AEW. Uh, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Anna J. So, uh, what do you think about this, James? Um, so. She okay, so should she just walk into like uh Jacksonville? Um, I guess tomorrow, not t- well, tomorrow because it is Tuesday morning and be like, who's coming in second for this when she sees the results for this if she ever gets to it? Because, like, oh, it's hers, <laughs> I, don't know who, like, I don't know who the fuck coming in second, third, but she's number one, walk <laughs> moonwalking away in this shit. So, remember Riho last year, how she had like the biggest like percentage win? Like, I think it's gonna be even bigger this year for Sheeta. Yeah, like once, like once Nyla went away um, because of you know concerns about COVID, and also I th- my, was she in the New York area? She was one of some of the New York people that weren't in DC. Okay, so may- maybe maybe not. But like when she didn't, sh- when she was gone for the Georgia shows, when Britt got her nose busted and then she hurt her knee and was gone forever, it was like well. And then Riho couldn't get back to the into the states, you know, without having a quarantine coming back for two weeks. It was a, it was a wrap. It was a wrap. Yeah. Thunder so, Rosa, Thunder Rosa um, might now you got one second. Yeah, she might. And, and I remember at times the uh, the ring announcer was forced into action uh, in <laughs> AEW at a certain point. Um, the chief branding officer forced to suit up. Uh, to to take to the ring, uh, they're literally bringing women off the street the, to to compete there, in tournaments. There was word, or there was talk of some, you know, semi shoot breaking out, and they still they still brought the person back <laughs> because because it's, that's how dire this situation has gotten. Yeah, 
So, um, those are your those are your selections. Yeah. So have fun. Um, so moving on to uh, Stardom's Wrestler of the Year. So we've got uh, Mayu Iwatani, Julia, Tam Nakano, uh, Shuri, Utami, Hayish, yeah, um, and then Azumi, Momo, Watanabe, and Starlight Kid. Yeah. Um... I mean, Mayu's winning this shit by far away. I was going to say, is this going to be as as dominant as Hikaru Shida? Um, I mean, if if people were as aware of what's going on, like, okay, like, when we talk about this, uh, we'll get to it later, like, when we did Stardom Wrestler or Match of the Year, like, we had to cap Mayu at four. Because, like, she could have had six on here. So... Um, yeah, uh, and that's not to say that, like, women that have great years in here, like, you know, uh, for example, like, they're, you know, people like Julia, Shuri, Utami, Momo, like, they have a shit ton of, like, we went through the, the, um, the recommended list thing for Momo, and we are like, Jesus Christ, and, like, you know, um, and she's somebody that's not in the top five as far as, like, most push people in the company, like, she is... You know the twenty-year-old person that they bring in to have matches, you know, a couple title matches a year and lose. But yeah, uh, you know, really, really exciting year for the future um, with you know someone coming in like Shuri, um, Azumi at eighteen or t- just turned eighteen in October to have the year that she had, where she's you know they now trust her to go out there and have title matches um, in in big shows in front of big crowds and. She's delivered like the match with Starlight Kid is it just you know four star match. The match with another eighteen year old May Hoshizuki from Marvelous, you know, who's I think probably like two years into wrestling, and it's like, how how can you watch this and not think that like, you know, her in the future if this goes the way it could go, like she's not going to be the best women's wrestler in the world. Like she, like think about it, two thousand and one. Or 2021 is like her LeBron rookie year. In theory, this would be the year she turns 19 and she goes to the mm-hmm. league. Like this would be the year that LeBron gets the league for her. Like next year, like this could be something fucking special in the next you know three four years. Like she, I, please just stay for five years. Give me five fucking say, years. Say, you know, you, or, give, or she could retire next give year. Give me five. <laughs> years i beg of you it will be incredible but anyway yeah um just just a lot of great wrestling a lot of uh great faction warfare and great tags and you know people like this was i this was my favorite promotion in 2020 for the fact that the long storm for a long storm for long form storytelling was on point and this might have been the most high effort (coughs) company like there's only one person you can point out and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a hard worker. And even they try half the time. But I just I just love this promotion and love a lot of the wrestling. Like they 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 were just incredible this year. Um anyway, um, but yeah, I who you pick who you pick second for this? Um Julia. Okay. The guys love, love, love Julia. Uh, she tells you herself. Uh, I probably would pick Shuri after that because I'm such a fan. Um, can't really, you know, I, like I'm sure 
your Momos are gonna get get big votes. Um, I think yeah, Tam jumping out as a faction leader. I don't know if it's enough to get her in that top three, but um, I, I this feels like a Mayu wave, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. red wave for the red belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so what's next? So- uh, up next, we got our Heart Austin uh, feud of the year. So uh, we got John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston, Queen's Quest versus Donna Del Mondo, Julia versus Tam Nakano, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton, Undisputed Era versus McAfee Goon, John Moxley versus Chris Jericho, Hangman Page versus The Elite, and Golden Aces versus Dangerous Techers. So, yeah. Lots of variety. We've got tag team feuds. We've got overarching narratives. We've got one man versus a gang. We've got gang versus gang. We've got a traditional world title program. We've got another traditional world title program with someone who used to be his friend and turned on him. We had two people that just fucking hate each other. Uh, And then we have more gang warfare. And, you know, uh, Yeah. yeah, lots of stuff here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like it's gonna come down to preference. Um, I think I know how I'm going to vote, but it could change. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Like you know, for as for as much as this year was a hardship, I feel like I, along with the promo stepping out, I feel like we were able to get a lot of um, in certain places a lot of focused um, program building that like paid off in a big way. Um, I'm not saying we need to keep the fucking fans away because oh, no, we need fans. No, we will we, never advocate for that. We need, we need fans to get these matches over. But um, as as far as um, satisfying chapters in people's wrestling careers with uh, another motherfucker they probably hate, this this was a pretty good year for that. Yeah, man. Um... But yeah, it's it's on you guys who you're gonna pick on that one. So I, I really don't have too much more on that one. But up next, uh, of course, you know we we like to you know be swaggy. You know, uh, this is one of my favorite awards. Uh, the newly named Savage slash Banks Best Dressed Ring Gear Award. So Sasha Banks getting her name uh, added to the awards for the rest of time. Um, <laughs> So, uh, just, you know, when you think about that, just tremendous performance, innovation, uh, you know, throughout the years felt like, you know, Macho shouldn't be the only one getting, getting the love on that. Yeah. Um, so of course on the list is first the nominee, Sasha Banks. Yes. Going for another win here. Like, um, so unlike Jeff Jarrett, who cannot compete in the Jeff Jarrett Finesse of the Year Award, uh, regardless of what he does, Sasha is eligible to compete. Um, so now is that arbitrary and unfair? Probably. We don't care. We rock with Sasha. We don't yep. rock with Jeff Jarrett. <clears throat> Fuck yep, we were, we were rewarding black women here. So, um, <laughs> the next nominee is Bianca Belair. Um, <laughs> I hit him with the one, I hit him with the bob, and then I hit him with the bang. You know, like Tyler Bates. <laughs> All right, let's go. So, I need to clip that. Clip that. Clip that. Um, then, uh, of course, like Bianca is just, you talk about innovation. She makes her own gear. Um, and I'm finding out a lot of people are making their own. There are a lot of 
stealth gear makers that are out there now. Uh, but I would say Bianca like leads the pack. A lot of talent um, there. So uh, the Young Bucks on there. Um, they got cut last year. This year, I said no um, <laughs> because I just felt like they wore so much dope shit, especially that Lakers joint they came out with um, for the match against FTR. Uh, Britt Baker, yeah, just they came out solid Lakers gear, and then they wore some Jordans with it. But go, go ahead. Hey, hey. Um, and then you got where are um, your Kobe's at, sir. What's up? Where are your Kobe's at, sirs? So I guess they didn't want to wrestle in the low tops, you know. You know, a lot of Kobe's low tops. So um, uh, up next, Britt Baker. Um, she's just got her own, like you know, kind of or with the jackets uh, and a ringer always looks great. Um, Kenny Omega when he was not wearing the gray um, one, which <laughs> the gray Terminator one. I think everything else that he put on was was raw, like. Um, and you know he he broke out the the old Wrestle Kingdom thirteen gear at Stadium Stampede, which I loved, and um, I believe it's like homing or I'm not sure. Those are the that's the label that I always see on all his stuff. Who's been doing his gear? So um, Cody kind of like a, a male Britt Baker in a sense, like just professional, like a star gear. Um, I don't believe we like praise Sasha Banks enough. Um, so I'm going to go back to that real quick. But Sasha Banks, I think, had possibly her best year of gear that she's ever had. Uh, I remember the July 4th edition, just like, what the fuck is this? Like, I've never seen the American flag and the colors look so beautiful. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just it, just an incredible year. Um, you know, the jackets that she's had, like the white ones, just you can't fuck with him. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, he had one set of ring gear this year, and it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was great. And then Will Ospreay, uh, you know, he may be canceled in some circles, but uh, he was fly. <laughs> <laughs> so at Wrestle Kingdom, uh, when he showed up in that, that white and I believe it was purple, if I'm not mistaken. White, and, purple, orange, and black. He's basically dressed like a Phoenix Sun. Yeah. That shit was like incredible. Yes. Do you ever see uh, the black version of that? I did not. It is it's not as good as the white, but it's also incredible. Um Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc yeah it's it just you know and then he had his uh the gary ward g1 and it's just like nah man like that's nominated that's it gets not it's getting nominated 
He's getting nominated. It, it is just, he, just is. He showed up with a fucking tiger on his shoulder, a tiger head on his shoulder on his jacket. Like it was, it was so, luck. So he swapped out the sword and, and like sent that to Drew McIntyre. I think he had the sword then, too. And like broke the tiger. Did he? Did he bring the sword with him? I think he had the sword with remember. the tiger head. I'm sure he did. I'm pretty sure he did. Either way, dressed incredibly well. Um, you know, um, questionable human being. We'll see. Yeah, motherfuckers looking like stars up and down this damn <laughs> category. So you dress the part, and it, for me, like looking through this, like um, I feel like we got the real best of the best here because a lot of the year I didn't think this year was particularly like it, they didn't. Everybody's wearing really black. achieve. Yeah, a lot of people were wearing black. I think Gargano took a step back. He's normally yep. here. Um, on this list, yep. Um, Tam got too cute with her gear. Uh, like her, her black and white deal used to be raw, but yeah, I mean, it's it's fine what she's wearing. But <clears throat> yeah, so uh, maybe someone you you might want to argue for is Rhea Ripley, but she's wearing black most of the time. It's just yeah, like she, uh, her WrestleMania gear was was really good, yes, but yes, um, yes, it was. Yes, it was. That was a great look. Um. Yeah, I mean there. I mean there are people that you know could have we 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 could have nominated, but it is what it is. Like I feel like I feel like it's a it's a good representation of the best ring gears that we that are you know on the four you know promotions we watch regularly. Yeah. Yeah. So up next, um, we've got the Put Them in a Coffin Award, another classic award for uh, One Nation Radio. Uh, the wrestler that needs to start completely over or go away. Up first, Evil Watanabe. <laughs> Dexter Loomis, The Undertaker, Velveteen Dream, The Fiend, Natsuko Tora, Jeff Hardy, and Nia Jax. What a category. The Undertaker has previously won this award. I didn't know you could win this award again. That's not true. (laughs) Or did Corbin win it multiple years? I'm pretty sure he did. Because Undertaker won in 2018. Okay, so... If he won twenty, shout out to Baron Corbin for getting off of this list. <laughs> That's only because of lack of usage. That's only because his minutes got cut. Like they look, they were like, he, "Oh, he's not going to win it. How are we going to do that?" Well, we got to take him off the floor. <laughs> we got to take him yep. off the floor. So he just <laughs> so so he's like Kendrick Perkins. Like they yes. finally figured out, like yes. I mean, as a black hole, y'all playing yes. four on five on offense. Why does why does the five man plus minus always have negative on it? Well. What do we, why come every five man unit that he's on is so is our worst units? Oh, maybe you take him off the floor. Yeah, that, that's a yeah. Um, you know they got rid of Corbin. Uh, you know I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like Roman decided to extricate himself from that situation and say I'm not taking this shit to WrestleMania. I'm good. I'm not taking this shit to after WrestleMania with him as champion in the championship feud. That's fucking dumb. I'm leaving. I will come back when I come back. I'm turning heel. Fuck this. And so yeah, I think a lot of that like was for the best. Like Roman Reigns may have saved a lot more than just himself uh, by doing that. Uh, he also say some of the viewers, the hats having to watch Baron Corbin in ma- top matches. Appreciate you, tr- appreciate you, Travel Chief. Appreciate yep. you. Um, yeah, um, you know, there's a lot, trash, there's a lot of trash over this out here. Category, yeah. Velveteen Dream of Sex Pets, Rum, um, uh, Undertaker having a midlife crisis for like last decade. <laughs> um, 
uh, NASCAR Torah being evil, but but not pushed that well, but still like, it, but it's still just as bad because, or still feels just bad because like they don't do DQs and fucking stardom until they start doing this shit with her. Like, I think stardom had maybe like three DQs in the last like before she started this shit in the summer. Um, might have had like three DQs in the last three years, and then now all of a sudden she's every other fucking match is a DQ, and it's not like a oh you know. Uh, got caught cheating. So literally, like we wrestle for like twelve minutes, like a regular match, and all of a sudden I grab a fucking chain, wrap you around while the ref is taking, throw you over there, hang you. Ref turns around, sees it, take the L. Even in fucking tournament matches where it po- counts for points, she does this shit. Um, fuck off. So you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of just trash out there. Loomis, Loomis helping ruin fucking NXT. The thing I love. Fuck this. <laughs> Jeff Hardy just like Jeff, yep, completely from a, of of another time. It seems like leave the promotion or leave the business. Either <laughs> do something to save your soul. Like I'm not saying she he should retire. I think he should go somewhere else and wrestle. But I mean, it it, it can't be WWE because all they keep doing is try to recycle another way to talk to remind you that Jeff Hardy is a oh is slash was alcoholic. Evil Watanabe just dragging the uh, the main event scene in New Japan to unthought of lows, like making you appreciate Jay White of all things. Like, what kind of power is that? Like, that's just, <laughs> just single handedly derailing Tetsuya Naito, just you know, in every way. New Japan Pro Wrestling is like really the only promotion that I romanticize. Don't really do that as much now. <laughs> that kind of got ruined because of this. Thanks. Nia Jax constantly hurting people, constantly just always in something. It ain't never good. Yeah. And, and they never ask her to get better. They never, you know, ease up on the opportunities. Nothing. Just, you know, here. And then, you know, the fiend was literally burnt. And just has pitched some of the, the weirdest, wackiest television changing big match bad ideas that you can ever come up with. Hey, man, how many times did a fiend match end with murder this year, James? Uh, Drown Strowman. He got set on fire by Orin, apparently. Um,. Did did John Cena die at WrestleMania? John Cena's like trapped in a vortex somewhere. I don't I don't know like where he is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> did, did he did, uh, when he won the title? No, I'm sorry. That was um that was the the Saudi Arabia show last year when he won the belt. Um, he yeah. lost it at years. Yeah, he lost it at this year's in Saudi Arabia because Goldberg was like, "I'm not doing that. That's fucking stupid," and rightfully so. Bury it. <laughs> like set like just yeah just just awful television some like is in, yeah. not not to say like it's all off because there's also some good television value in that and some uh, some real thought put into some of the stuff he does but for the most part it's just 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 nonsense um uh, they got they got a list of bliss out here they got Alexa Bliss out here being presented as a child. Like, right. what the fuck? Like, hey, Rich. Shit. So, nah, should, so should I we ain't with a, none of this shit. So, Rich, should we take a victory lap on what we were saying about why why people loved Nelson Alexa Bliss so much back in 2017? 
We really should. Because we were all saying it. Y'all want to fuck this woman that looks like a child. So y'all are selling for so, this. So y'all selling for this meteor fucking re- fucking wrestling. Yeah. Um, check the vault. Alexa Bliss uh, rant is on YouTube. Uh, it has gone off and always rung off forever. I don't think that part was mentioned in it, and I don't think we ever really um, described it in that way. But the thing for me was like, why do y'all? Why do y'all? Why are y'all going? Why are so many of y'all going up for her this high when she is only giving y'all so? When she has given y'all so little to to go up for, and it's like, what other reason could there possibly be? Yeah, it's process of elimination on yeah. that one. And it's like, it, so am I going to trust dudes and not be fucking weirdos? No, no, of course they're weirdos. That's what, that's, what, that's what the case is. And then sure enough, this man shows you the reason why she why he pushed her this way by saying, well, let's put her, let's, let's, let's do a romance with a monster, transition to an actual person with, that's dressed like a monster, and they have her dressed like a little girl because she's tiny. Great. And, and then we'll have her on a literal swing set. Like, what? Um... So up next, um, yeah. So tough choice for that. Put him in the coffin award. That's going to be very interesting. Lots I, I want to see. It, it, are people going to? Are, are are they cool with the evil stuff? Because sometimes you know this stuff doesn't work out the way we think. Uh, will the fiend get votes? Will the Undertaker take it home again? Will the Nia Jax uh, hate train come out to to party? So well, lots of options there. Will Nasuko yeah. Tour steal any Don't, votes? Well, I well, look. I, I don't know about anybody else, but I know I know who my my two picks will, uh, who my number one, number two will be, and they are both Japanese. And the, 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 <laughs> let you know, the, just to let you know what they what they have done to me this year and how much I did not appreciate appreciate it at all. So there you go. All right, so we've got the Jeff Jarrett Finesser of the Year Award. So this is one of the signature awards of One Nation Radio. I've always enjoyed figuring out who are the elite level workers, and I'm not talking about in the ring. I'm talking about making that money, getting yourself into a bigger spot like that, and, and slapping someone's head to do so, and just figuring out ways to to game to work the workers and and get paid ultimately. So, um, we've got eight nominees here. So, uh, first we got, uh, Don Callis aligns with Kenny Omega and ushers in impact AEW partnership. Roman Reigns turns down universal title, leaves for five months, turns and still gets the title. <laughs> well, when you put it like that, yeah. <laughs> Goldberg turns one single rating into the universal championship. Finn Balor Big Leagues NXT. The Good Brothers pick the greatest friends in the world. (laughs) Bruce Pritchard lies and scams his way to running Raw and SmackDown. Should should we change that to lies and scams to lies, scams, and ass kisses? Or is that too personal? I think, is that too, yeah, is that I going that, too that, far? That, that, okay. Too, All right, we know well. what it is. That man out there going on that fucking show to fucking lie. Yep. Um, Edge tells Vince McMahon about A. Excuse me. Edge tells Vince McMahon about AEW and gets a three-year deal. <laughs> Ray Mysterio gets his whole family paid. So. 
just the the incredible thing i told uh james this and as we were cutting it down the incredible thing about ray there was when he was resigning it seemed like the defining factor was he has to get dominic into you know whatever he's gonna do like i don't know what he think like what about aw shows y'all that they would not have put ray's entire family on television i see the fucking gun club i see all the fucking roses i see taz and his son on, on there i see fucking everyone like that like you got a family oh yeah they're they doing all that you know nepotism let's I, run it i think it also is a part where it's like you, you know you don't know what you're in for when it comes to tony khan but Rey Mysterio knows that like Vince McMahon knows who Rey Mysterio is, which means that like he's known him for like fifteen over fifteen years, which means like he's most likely is going more likely going to acquiesce to the, the wants and needs of Rey Mysterio Jr. than someone like a Tony Convert has, especially when it comes at the cost of like somebody else, some NXT call up. Do I do I wanna get him a um a squash match or do I wanna give some time to Rey Mysterio? Oh Ray. Go out there, Ray. Whatever you yeah. want, Ray. You know, like I feel like I feel like Vince at this point, the given the way he books is like every time he every time there's somebody that he rustled, that he uh booked like a decade ago to even a, a, above a mid card slot, like he he like treats him like like better than Shane. <laughs> yeah, he's like oh. Remember how good we used to be? Remember how good this used to be? Remember how Remember how we used to go out there and we had crowds and it was loud all the time? And then I got these fucking guys, you know, not not grabbing the bat, brass ring, you know, these millennials, you know, these young kids that are 35 years old. Doing flips. <laughs> so They uh, care too much. They care too much. Loaded category here. Um, it all depends which way you want to go. Do you want to go with the big dog, like, essentially... Uh, grabbing Vince McMahon's neck for his career. Um, Don Callis just like talking himself into just everything, being a phenomenal performer and turning a friendship and you know mentorship with Kenny into like all this advertising for Impact and bro, like that's for me. Like that's that's got that's got to be my number one. Like that that's insane. To think that could have happened twelve months ago. Oh my ago. god, we forgot one. We forgot one. AEW uses, sorry, AEW runs Dynamite in Jacksonville after floor after oh, WWE yeah. pays the Super Pack money. We forgot about that. Should that should be on here? I can't, I can't believe we forgot that. I know we. I, what what do we drop? We got to drop some off here for that. Oh man, live production meeting. Okay, yeah, so let's go drop, over it one more time again. Off. I think I think we can drop Finn Balor bigly in yeah, NXT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever, whatever. Okay. AW this after WWE. Yes, pays Super Pack. Pays Trump or pays millions to Trump Super Pack or donates to Super or Trump Super Pack. And they lost. Yes. Um. Yes. Like they would still be in like Georgia or some shit. In a small ass yeah. room, <laughs> in Florida, after WWE pays or donates to Trump Super PAC, that is that is true finessing right there. Because I remember when it happened, it was like, "Yo, that's that's gonna win," and then like I, we just forgot, we just forgot. Damn, how did I forget that? It's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We may. <laughs> 
that's gonna place. That's gonna place. That is incredible thinking, James. Um, yeah, what a what a category. I, the Jeff Jarrett Finesser of the Year Award continues to just to rank high in excellence, just in a way Jeff Jarrett himself never did. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, uh, future owner of WWE, Jeff Jarrett, still, you know. Um, so, uh, up next, uh, so we've com- merged <laughs> on, on wait, a war this year. He said future owner of WWF, and you know what I thought of? Uh, you know what I thought of? Is like, well, if he's not too busy running for president. <laughs> Okay. Um the die Rocky Die who booked this shit failure of the year award. Yeah. So um we had uh worst long term direction and then also um die Rocky Die um or we had two awards that we made one uh this year. Yeah. Number one, um evil as the main event IWGP IC double champion. Keith Lee in the 2020 call-ups dead on arrival on the main roster. The FTR Bucks build. Kota Ibushi loses Russell King to briefcase. Charlotte torpedoes NXT. NXT's constant hot-shotting. AW's women's division. Lana and Bobby Lashley's wedding. Yo. Get all this shit the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um... Lots of lots of bad stuff. Lots of bad stuff. Um, I I don't know, man. Just have we have we talked about Charlie on the show? We have not. Uh, and Charlotte Torpedoes NXT is an appropriate description she... because um, she murdered their like three top acts or something like that. Like she, she fucked Shayna in a rumble. Um, she, <laughs> she got Bianca. She made Bianca Belair into like a third wheel, um, kind of a joke. And then she finished the job at WrestleMania with Rhea Ripley and then left the territory uh, after doing TV matches, never popping ratings and ne- not being pinned to lose the belt. And then came back and immediately got a title. Yeah, she w- they brought her there to try to boost the rating, and the only thing that anyone got out of it was Charlotte got to wrestle some good wrestlers, so she had some good, she had some good ass matches, and then she fucked off because she got injured, um, which is no fault of her of her own, but she fucked off, and now she's back, and like look at NXT, like the NXT Women's Division once she left, got. Better, <laughs> which is like you yeah, kind of. Um, you know, us people stepped up. They brought in, you know, they brought in Ember, and they brought or they brought back Ember. They brought in Tony Storm. Finally, finally pressed that fucking button. But like, yeah, like she had interactions with three of the four top uh, women at NXT at the time, and she helped. Um, and she didn't get help get over. And in fact, like hurt three of them and. 
the only one that she didn't really hurt was the only one that like didn't have to have a singles match with her though that had to go to a real finish like thank mm-hmm. look uh thank god she decided to pull out the kendo stick and then Rhea came out uh and then they went to a smalls to get out of that one because like it just 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 really and she was sticking around yeah shoot a video yeah made her tap out to the figure to the figure eight definitely um yeah I think Kotobushi losing the briefcase to set up a second hastily made uh, double gold uh, double gold dash situation fucking sucks. Well, you know, uh, you just, well, just got to do that because you got to try to get as many people as possible. Oh wait, there's a oh, oh wait, you, you could have put any fucking thing out there and put with Russell Kingdom on the name and it would have got ten thousand people to come to the fucking Tokyo Dome either. Like oh, never mind. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just anytime you gotta cut a guy's legs off, you gotta do it. You yeah. know, um, no agency, no nothing. If you, when he gets that belt, he just gets it. Yep, you know, he just wins it, and then you're like, was it all worth it? Well, I don't know because like, like, well, they won't. The whole, no, the whole plan is, well, they won't remember five years from now, and it's like, bro, like, there's no, there are other promotions that do that, and you don't want to be the, you don't want to do what those other promotions do. Yep. You don't. Yep trying to warn you these pitfalls never mind uh, de- never mind never sweat the details no you need to sweat them very much uh, so Keith, this is essentially boils down to keith lee and retribution on the main roster keith lee they didn't know how he how they wanted that man to wrestle they didn't know what music he wanted to uh come out to they didn't know what they wanted him to wear like it it, it, it just to- was all fucked up they didn't know what they wanted to do with him from a roster positioning standpoint either do, is he a, is he a is he a next main eventer is he aspiring to be that is he upper mid carter he's someone that should be protect is he someone that should just not lose should we push him no idea he's just there yep hanging out you know, yeah. trying to make sure they up on a roster because them contracts is coming due uh we figured out their their pattern um and then evil. Uh, I think we've already went over evil. Um, it sucked. So um, the AEW women's division. We talked about that um, with the, you know, the injuries, the COVID. But light. yeah, that shit was real light. <laughs> that shit was light. real light. That shit, that shit was. I am a Carl Sheeta, and and this is the AEW women's division. Like. <laughs> No, How big of a man. hug do you, th- bro? Okay, so I'm not necessarily. Sh- I don't think they're like necessarily like the best of friends or anything like that. But like, how big of a fucking hug do you think she is gonna give a Rio when she shows back the fuck up? <laughs> Be like, I, do you think she cries? Like, finally, somebody can help me carry this load. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's been such a it's been such a hard road to hoe. It's been such a hard road. Yeah, man. And then the the wedding. Anna and Bobby Lashley. Oh, my fucking God. This might be the single worst thing I've watched in wrestling in the last two years. Or year and a half. Just... like Like, it's not that it was just like... Rusev's in the fucking cake and you have a, a fake lesbian come out of here for no reason and then that the ex-husband and the lesbian Hold on, I gotta check my notes and see if that made Liv Morgan a main event or one second it did not did they make Lashley a main eventer it did not yeah uh, just just horrendous Rusev's in a different fucking uh, company now Lana they got Lana 
after doing all this stupid shit with her, they got a lot of crying uh, in front of their cameras talking about the the abuse that she has gotten from uh, shitty fans and uh, on Twitter. And it's like those people are assholes. You know who also are, who else are also assholes? People that put you in these shitty situations on TV that make people then also resent you, which is their fault that they can't control their own fucking feelings as other adults and human beings have no empathy for, for realizing this is fake and these people are actors. Uh, but also like your employer that puts you in these shitty situations and then like, like basically exploit your grief to get a viewership to get, try to get some sympathy based off of the stupid storyline they gave you. It's it's a, just a feedback loop of bullshit and I feel bad for everyone involved with that nonsense. That wasn't wrestling. That wasn't even. That was barely even fucking television. It wasn't good television either. Yeah, car crash, just an unmitigated disaster. It was <clears throat> hastily made for a ratings grab because weddings always work. Uh, this was done at a time where they were free falling in ratings, and I think that every single person was weaker for being involved with it. It has led Lana to looking terrible um in the lead up to it and then in the fallout now it makes it that much harder for her to be taken seriously as a wrestler um bobby lashley completely moved away from this and thank thank you that he's in something serious like the hurt business now and rusev uh ended up in another company where (laughs) he's about to get over all over again so um yeah who booked this shit? Uh, all this shit. Die, Rocky, die. All that shit for for all this shit. Uh, oh, and the FTR and Bucks bill. We ex- we talked about that in the FOA's draft. Yeah, uh, yes. it, but, and the one part we keep forgetting, right? The perfect detail of it is like at the end of it, the, they give out the step that if we don't win it, we will never challenge for it again. Which is like you did this with Cody at the exact same pay per view a year ago. We know you're not doing it again. We know it's time for you to win the belts. So you telegraph that you that they're you're going to win the title. So that also kills the suspense for it as well. Great, because we know you're not gonna have the fucking young bucks not challenge for the titles anymore. It was stupid when you did it with Cody. You see what happened to, to Cody <clears throat> um, a year a year away from that, as far as how over he is, and it didn't help. And we know you're not gonna do it. So thanks. You also gave us a way to finish for your fucking match. Yeah, who booked all this shit? Die, Rocky, die. So uh, up next, we've got the gimmick of the year, the best vehicle to get over. So we've got six things um, on this one. Notoriously with COVID and no fans, it's more difficult to get things over because there's not that immediate uh, reception in the building to these things. So this all this has had to move slower. So uh, there's things that really stood out uh, here. One, super physical wrestling matches. Um, Cody Rhodes TNT Open Challenge being the elite Hangman Page drinks beer ladder matches in WWE and AW hands Britt Baker the mic so um, lots of different kind of things here you talk about just uh, a fighting champion gimmick uh, physicality and wrestling being turned up to uh, all Japanian levels like <laughs> Noah levels um, <laughs> And a lot of slapping and, you know, just just hyper physical wrestling, like some stuff that's just like or I've watched, you know, with people and be like, why are they doing this to each other? Like, you don't have to do this. And um, it was them trying to 
kind of cracked the code of empty arena wrestling. Yeah. Um, I feel like so. Um, being the elite, like the whole dark order, like essentially got rebuilt this year. Uh, anything of, of course that comes on being the elite and gets over, it tends to like go a long way with the audience. It continues to be, uh, a star creating machine. Like you can just pl- literally plug someone in. It's like a young bucks match. Hey, if you come in here and you just play this role, like we'll, we'll get you to, you know, critical acclaim, you know, um, Heyman Page drinking beer because no matter how many times he was a fuck nigga, if he drank beer, they, they everyone loved it. Um, ladder matches in WWE, um, that was something the company leaned on to either produce ratings, um, to get you know people, lot, multiple people in matches to do exciting things. Um, it's crazy that they did all of these in like empty arenas settings. So it, this they leaned on this uh, pretty hard this year. Uh, and AW handing Britt Baker the mic, Britt essentially like decided to become a star from the she second changed. they handed her the mic, and it was going to work. It was like she was on the cruise. Um, I remember that first week, everyone was trying Tony. to bury her, and I was like, no, bro, she's got it. It's going to work. And then she's like dumping Utah on their head, dumping Texas on their heads. Yep. And then like now she has her own talking show on Dark. Um, she changed her career. She's she got her career career trajectory i couldn't get that out but that's what she changed um she looked yeah. she looked like somebody that was like oh they're pushing her and it's not gonna work to oh yeah she's easy to like because she's fucking great on the mic um and she's witty and she just knows how to needle the hell out of people and it's like how the hell it was like it was like the quickest like zero to 60 out of nowhere because we had no idea she could do that and then like whoa what yeah so um. Yeah. What, what, so, what do you think about this category, James? Um. Yeah. Uh. Lots of lots of good things. Lots of things that are specific to the time we were in and the the era that this has brought upon us with you know the physical matches and um you know being the elite in the way we consume wrestling now. Like, um, you got to find ways you know that are more direct to consumer in a way, right? So, yeah. Yep. Uh, up next, we got the WWE match of the year. So um, quite a full category here. Um, we got eight matches. Uh, we got Walter versus Ilya Dragunov in NXT UK. We got Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly from NXT TakeOver. NXT Men's War Games match. Undisputed Era versus Weights for the tag titles. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens at TLC. Sasha Banks versus Bailey at Hell in a Cell. Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles at the for the Intercontinental Championship Finals. Yeah, that was uh, a SmackDown episode, like the beginning of the year. I can't remember what month though. I'll find and, it. And Jordan Devlin versus Tyler Bate from NXT UK uh, in the beginning of the year. Great category. Uh, anywhere you look, there's a lot of these matches are very physical, as you can see. Um, like the Walter and Ilya Dragunov and Balor Kyle O'Reilly stuff. Uh, Jordan Devlin and Tyler Bates, kind of like your traditional, just you know, try to blow the doors off type match. Yep. Um, War so, games, super physical. T- like they, they almost took out a fucking eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some you know matches again great reviews like Kevin Owens Roman Reigns I enjoyed that match a lot uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey not my personal favorite pit, match yep, but also but getting beat the piss uh, out of each other 
yeah they, they fucked each other up um <laughs> and brian and styles uh, from the second it happened it, it was very high on all yep. the um you know review sites and uh was one of the early matches where it's like oh shit it isn't impossible to do you know great wrestling in in this um you know yeah. arena because like when it first happened it was like man what are people gonna do like all oh, this shit gonna suck like and then um slowly you know the best wrestlers as they always do start figuring the shit yeah. out and they were and they figured it out quick which is like <laughs> i don't know whenever those two you know do hang it up but i'm gonna miss them like even though i don't watch the main roster the way i used to like I just like the fact that like when they get the opportunity, they're gonna they're gonna have great matches like you know, um, and it just like whenever I find out that it's happened, I'll tune in when I if I get the time to do so, do such a thing. Like it's comforting to know that like these guys still give a fuck and still try hard. Like that's for that's for the whole main roster. It's like I don't watch it anymore, but like it is comforting to know that like these people all still want to try and have the best match they can. It's just up to some other fucking guy that's out of his mind. <laughs> No doubt, man. So, um, big category there. So, um, up next, we got the AEW match of the year. So, um, up first, we got uh, Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. The AEW tag titles at Revolution. Kenny Omega versus Pac. And Kansas City Dynamite Iron Man match. Best Friends versus Proud and Powerful. Parking Lot Brawl. Um, famously got five stars from Dave. Um, Bucks versus FTR uh, at full gear. One of the more critically acclaimed matches uh, that there's been. Uh, everyone wanted it for years and years and years. Um, up next, uh, FTR and the Bucks versus Pentagon, uh, Ray Phoenix, Butcher and Blade. Um, that crazy ass uh, eight man tag they had on Dynamite, Canadian Destroyers over the top rope uh, to the outside of the ring. I've never seen anything like that in my life. I'm still tripping over the spot with Phoenix and, and Nick Jackson, where they just like, what the fuck are you doing? Top rope, uh, like a like a. I, I even remember, like it's just like, jump, jump, jump. Hercarano, like yeah, okay, you guys are out of your minds. Just, yep. Uh, John Moxley versus Brody Lee at Double or Nothing. Brutal physical war ends in a yep. chokeout. Uh, Brody Lee famously DDT through the stage. Yes. Uh, Environmental offense. Match. <laughs> Yes, environmental offense. Yes, <laughs> you know, use what's around you. You know, um, that was way better than a fake heater. Yeah, Cody Rose versus Wardlow. Um, yeah, well, I mean, come on, man, that that heater could have burnt Kenny to a crisp, like like the fiend. You know, uh, if he lands the wrong way on it. But uh, Cody Rose versus Wardlow uh, from Atlanta Dynamite, uh, best possibly the best show of the year. Um, just, you know, if everything in the vacuum, like you, you'll never see a hotter arena and that match, it was like, it was a special night. Um, uh, Kenny Omega versus Hangman page, AW full gear, uh, finals of the, the T one, you know, the, the Tony cup, uh, and Kenny Omega wins that to get his shot at, uh, John Moxley. So another, uh, big category here so yeah um i already know what's going to be my one and two i'm debating on whether i'm going to go with what my favorite match was versus what was the best match but i know my top two are regardless yeah um i i put the the i put the kenny omega cap in effect here um there's no like like similar to the mayu watani one it was like 
they're going to split votes across, you know, all these categories and try to open it up for, you know, other matches that were great as well. So, um, moving on, we've got the New Japan match of the year. So, we've got this down to also eight matches. Um, so, we've got Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom 14. I'm going to say it again because it's been forgotten. Uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom 14. <laughs> Zushiko Okada versus Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 14. Tetsuya Naito versus Hiroshi Tanahashi in the G1. Kazushiko Okada versus Shingo Takagi. Tomohiro, excuse me, uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado, best Super Junior Finals. Tomohiro Ishii versus Shingo Takagi, New Japan Road. And Tomohiro Ishii versus Kota Ibushi in the G1. Yeah. Um, incredible matches. Um, like matches that are so like make it, it it's weird that we're not weird but like it's right but like we're down on it on on uh new japan this year because of the storytelling and the roster positioning for some of the for some of their future stars for them trying to you know make new stars because we feel like that people you're trying you're picking or, or one person in particular picking we, we just think that dog will never hunt but you look. You still look through like their, you know, the matches, and you see the G one, and you look at some of the best stuff from New Japan Cup, and you're just like, yo, this is still the best work rate promotion in the world, and it's still not particularly close. But, um, and this is where they shine. So for all the stuff where we've given, you know, grief to Gato and, and Evil and Naito this year, um, Naito still has two matches on here, um, and you know, for much as people want to talk about, you know, Okada had a down year. Okada still has what two or three matches on here, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there there are some things where it's not to the level that it was, you know, in years prior um, that made us fall in love with it. But it's still the it's, it's still it's still the best if you talk about clang to clang. So, um, yeah, um, Ishi just <sighs> like what. Like it was so weird that this is the match we chose for Ishii when I was still like debating for like five minutes over like which of like six different matches I'm gonna pin in here for the Ishii match. So yeah, uh, just 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 killer yeah. stuff. Like the fact that like Koto Bushi and and uh, um and Suzuki didn't make it on here is like that's kind of year they've had. Like the the fact that like the Abushi made it on here. Abushi versus no Abushi versus, made it on here. No Abushi versus uh, Suzuki didn't make it. Oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, my fault. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, you look at stuff like, you know, <clears throat> in my opinion, the best match I saw at the time, up to that time, like, in the in this COVID era was Show versus um, versus Shingo, the, their second match, and it's like, that match was fucking incredible. It didn't didn't make it. I don't think we discussed it. Like, they had a killer year. Yeah. Shing- just, um, just really great stuff. I, I know what my first two, my number one to two is. Well, I'll figure out what my third place is at, but we'll see. I know what's not my number one. <laughs> um, uh, the starter match of the year category. So this is like uh, the Mayo Iwatani Invitational. So we had to cut her off at four on this one. Um, as I mentioned earlier, so we've got Mayu Iwatani versus Kagetsu from December 24th, 2019. Uh, Mayu Iwatani versus Takumi Oroha, February 8th, 2020. 
Mayu Watani versus Takumi Roja, October 18th, 2020. Mayu Watani and Kagetsu versus Momo Watanabe and Jungle Kiona, January 26th, 2020. Queen's Quest versus Donna Domando, July 24th, 2020. Julia versus Tam Nakano, October 3rd, 2020. Utami versus Momo Watanabe, December 20th, 2020. And Azumi versus Starlight Kid, October 3rd, 2020. Yeah, um, it's another thing where, like, I'm trying to whittle this down, and I just couldn't, just got overloaded, like, once, because I'm like, all right, like, there are, like, four Mayu matches I could also throw in here, but there's also, like, other stuff that should get a look um, in, you know, quite frankly, like, you know, there's only one Grand Prix match on here, and there's, like, there's a shit ton of, like, four or four and a quarter star matches that, that they had in here that were, like, these matches are, like, 13 minutes long, nine minutes long that uh, should have got a look, like, um, it's just it is really tough. They 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 kicked it into high gear. Like when the time they did the restart, um, like I thought they had the I thought they were the best promotion in, in the world. Um, in July, like that's how good the wrestling was, and that's before they even had. To, and that was like the, the month before they got to the Grand Prix, and they were great in Grand Prix. Like, um, yeah. Uh, for me, I know my top three matches are. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure you can already guess what they were. Uh, like, <laughs> like you know, like I can probably figure them out. Yeah, Mayu Takumi, Mayu Takumi, Tam Julia. Like, <laughs> like those are the three. Um, but you know, just but there, there's a lot of stuff to just not that's not worth uh, that you shouldn't look over in in this. In um, I, 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 you know. I thought they had a. I thought they had a great array. Uh, these eight are a great, you know, um, eight matches. Then um, up next, like or some of the stuff that I like, I I definitely enjoyed the uh, Mayu Itani Takumi Roja series. Uh, I hope Takumi Roja comes back from the uh, ACL injury um, yeah. and and can get back into it because like she's uh, one of my favorites. Um, the Queen's Quest and Donna Domondo match from July 24th yep. that it was an eight woman tag hell of a match one of the best matches of the year uh, beat the fuck out of each other I had no idea the finish was going to be <laughs> what it was didn't take away from the match for me at all um, yeah. and there's a really like insane Shuri and Momo Watanabe match uh, and I just recently learned uh, that that match finally will be taking place so what was stolen from me will be given back to me uh, when is that match James? Uh, I think that's the uh, okay so they have three shows um, in New Year so that's uh, Jan 1st one or Jan 1st, Jan 3rd, Jan 4 I think it's Jan 3rd oh, Okay, so. it's either Jan 3rd or Jan 4 I can't remember Gotcha. It's the main event for me, though. Um, Julia and Tam uh, beat the. They hate each other. Good old fashioned hate. Yeah. So like this uh, is like uh, we'll we'll talk about it later. But like it it, it is. Um, I I truly enjoyed them. Their hate for each other. Uh, I thought this was like the best versions of their first two matches, where one was just like. It had all of this story arc in uh in this this um this spirit to it, and then the second one was just a flat out like sprint of brutality, and they finish uh, figure out a way to marry both of them in the third one, and like I don't think they're done, um but if they are, they they you know 
they one day will be able to put kick their feet up and be like, look what we did, like with all these faction tags, with all these tag matches or special tag matches with three matches that we had, like we put together, we put together an impressive fucking resume of matches in a short period of time, like really like the span of from like the end of the end of June to basically October 3rd, like where they just like, that's, that's it. Like, I don't think there's two more people I'm more convinced hate each other's fucking guts than those two. I just don't. (laughs) Not in wrestling. Not not, not right now. Like, not that it it didn't involve, like, some turn that we're friends. You you, you know, you were my best friend at my wedding, and then you turned your back on me. Well, now I'm talking about Gargano and Chop, but you my point. Like, the hate is real. The hate is real. It feels real anyway. Um... Shit, we should have put Gargano and Chavo on who booked this shit. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Um, pay-per-view of the year. Um, so eight big shows on this. Um, Wrestle Kingdom's Night 1 and 2. AEW Revolution. AEW Full Gear. WWE TLC. NXT TakeOver Portland. The Stardom Yokohama Cinderella Show October 3rd. And NXT TakeOver 31. A lot of these came uh, after fans were no longer allowed in the arenas. Um, We've got three shows that were there uh, before or four shows, excuse me. So about half the half the list uh, was pre-COVID after, you know, is the same amount. So that's kind of interesting in itself. uh, Well, I wonder how this one's going to go. Until you remember this, like, oh, yeah, like the the non-COVID wrestling was only like two months of the year. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, like, yeah, like these crowds, they make a fucking difference. How, regardless of how good this wrestling is, it could have been better had there been crowds to watch it and lose their minds yeah. over it. Yeah, um, I, I think the roof comes off if there are crowds at any of these shows that that were in the in the COVID ones. Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, how do you think this one's gonna go, man? Because like you know, I know last year you were very upset at AEW All Out uh, placing. All Out, uh, yeah, 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 because it placed over like or over um Takeover Twenty Five and Takeover New York, which is like, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about two of the greatest pay per views of all time. And like and like double or nothing was yeah that's definitely one of the greatest pay per views of all time but like the other one nah um I think okay so what is the one with double or nothing this year is the one that has the same snappy right yeah and that I've, one got cut okay um I don't know like I feel like this up to a lot of people's opinions right like um. Like if you want to go for, um, I'm gonna say flat, straight flat out. If you pick night one of, of uh, New Japan, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 13 or 14, it's because you think like the two last or uh, the two big matches on there are like two of the greatest matches you ever seen. Which I, that's my opinion. I don't know if I'd vote for it yet or whatever else. You pick night two, you're you're probably picking a more a deeper card, but it also has a moment of Naito becoming champion, um, which which you know you can't take lightly. Uh, Portland, Portland was just a was just a just a another one of those like twenty five uh, uh, New York type things where it's like this is the end. we didn't know that at the time, but it's the end of an era basically because of COVID, and like they're going to throw at you like the last Lee and Dijak match where they do every fucking thing they can. Um, the Bros weight match, 
um, the the Rhea and um, Bianca match, the uh, you know the Champa match where he does all the spots, uh, the Fort on the on the speed that Jar- that Gargano does. We finally get the Gargano in in um, in Balor match, like. They threw hey, everything at you. Solid as fuck, Dakota Kai and um, yes. Tegan Knox match. Yes, 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 yes. Which is sneaky good, sneaky good. Um, <laughs> and then you, uh, you know, you look at Revolution. Revolution has what it has. <laughs> it has freaking, you know, one of the one of the greatest tag matches of all time. Um, it has the culmination of this incredible has- run of television between Jericho and, and Moxie in her circle. Um, it has. Pac, Pac versus Orange Cassie in one one of those like unlikeliest in to the to the you know one of the surprise smash successes of the year. Um, you had no idea that was coming and it came. Yeah. Um, you have, if I remember yeah. correctly, you also have the the um, the Darby versus uh, Guevara match and, on there as well. Yeah, just just a, just a and great you have thing. like a, you and you have a feeling in pro wrestling that night that is like almost unrivaled like how it felt that night watching that show like that shit was like that, that arena with that shit was, that shit was a congregation like that arena main, and, they, and they brought in the choir yeah for a main event for for a main event uh for another for this new promotion that features two wwe guys it felt like by the end of the night when Mox is on that belt you're like this is its own thing. It has a separate lineage, has its own history. We will look back on this years from now and say, like, this was a ch- a part of something new, different, exciting, whatever you know, whatever you want to uh, describe it as. But this is this isn't just you know TNA bringing in some fucking guys that used to part WWE and treat them like you know and, and you know and in in at a detriment to the other guys they could establish on and to make their own footpath like this is they are a part of this as opposed to just people trying to you know um make a buck cuz they don't want they don't want to fuck with Vince right now um so yeah uh <clears throat> Takeover Thirty One is on that list. Takeover Thirty One, just like, oh my god, I can't believe they can still do this. I, I thought that they, I thought they couldn't do this anymore. <laughs> Basically, I didn't know they could make me feel this way after watching this shit TV for, for, for hot shotting it and doing great American bashes and shit to go against Fight for the Fallen. Um, yeah, so uh, there, there's that. Uh, you know, Yokohama Cinderella is like, for starting, just like. It, it was like you what you know we started covering stardom in, what probably the fall probably after uh, the WrestleMania show that we saw in New York right and like the the watch them go through where they've gone through bringing new people like the constant change the constant change over you know through you know through fate or through their own, through people you know things run natu- run its natural course like things change and like. To get them to have this show that they were trying to get off the ground for April and then, you know, pandemic starts and they have to build it up and they built it up literally from June all the way to that, with that you know, in the semi-main event to have the match with Mayu, another great match, to have Starlight Kid and, and Azumi, you know, their two young prodigies have that moment in the opener. Like it was, it was, it was a great card to do the, you know, the turn where K- Konami and, and, um, turns on 
uh, jungle and you know you kind of sad because like damn what could have been like they probably would have had some great match at year end or whatever else but didn't happen or maybe even um uh, 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 Osaka but whatever it didn't happen but it, it, was, it was a great show great wrestling there was not one bad match on that card every single match was good at the very least it seemed like people loved it and it had the killer matches at the top at the end to take you home just like yeah this was one of the best shows of the year bar none like put it up against anything um, so yeah um, am I forgetting anything uh TLC um was oh, yeah, speak on that. One of the, uh <laughs> like <laughs> TLC was it was an awesome show uh and it, it seems like the the WWE format um this year has gone to reclaiming uh the, I hate to say this but reclaiming the time so like instead of a 4 hour show they've cut it to like six matches really zoned in on what they were trying to accomplish and in TLC it kind of just all came together even something as goofy as the fiend getting set on fire like the match was enjoyable before that happened i would still recommend it okay. um just just for the um the spectacle of it and everything but uh reigns and owens is legitimately awesome um sasha banks and carmella sneakily good uh at a level higher than the dakota kai um tegan knox match was uh best match of carmella's career for sure sasha is like like rick flair carrying somebody um <laughs> fucking um the drew mcintyre and aj styles have a, have a nice uh ladder match of course drew mcintyre is fighting off like a million people still ends up uh winning there uh i, I thought it was like a, a show where wwe like pulls his head out of his ass and then gets people to be like okay and then right before course, right before wrestlemania right, season right before they fuck you so um uh, full gear, um, an incredible show, top to bottom. Like yeah. just great matches everywhere. Uh, people working very hard in an empty arena. They've started opening up uh, more more seats in uh, Jacksonville, uh, so they got a little bit of of a crowd there in there to to kind of kind of fuck with them. And you know, so it, it's still you know it's not the same. It's, it's not going to be. But um, this is uh, you know you look at the review sites. This is like right behind Double or Nothing. Um, so it's, uh, it's very highly regarded. Where was the Matt Hardy smacking his head on the concrete? Was that at full gear too? Oh, that was at all out. That's right. All right. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the Moxie main event, the FTR versus, uh, versus Young Bucks match, regardless of, you know, whether you think it's one of the great matches of our time, or if you think it's just a great match, it, it's still a great match. Um, Kenny, and um, Hangman having a match towards like they had a great match. It was quickly. It was it was well. It was extremely well paced, and it was done in that way to let you know that like eventually there will be a rematch. It it will be better than this four and a half star match you saw. <laughs> so yeah. um so yeah, it left five stars on the table. Yeah yeah and, yeah. So um, um just over Cassidy. Um, that's right. Also, uh, Cody uh, dropping the TNT title, Darby Allen. So, like, just uh, there's tons of shit on that show. So, um, besides that, you know, uh, yeah, we'll go to our moment of the year. Um, so, uh, eight as well. You see, that's our magic number. Um, so, <laughs> um, Tetsuya Naito wins the double titles. 
John Moxley defeats Chris Jericho for the AEW Championship. Keith Lee wins the NXT Championship. MJF and Wardlow whoop Cody. Kenny Omega turns on John Moxley win the AEW title. Brody Lee squashes Cody for the TNT title. Drew McIntyre's Royal Rumble win and Evil turns on Tetsuya Naito. Yeah, um, all comes down to preference. All comes down to what you watch the most. Um, all undeniably great moments of television, pay-per-view, wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Um, all of them. Yeah, just um, there's a there's a trend here. So, like, let's see. Um, half of this is AEW. Um, two of these are New Japan. One is NXT. One's the main roster. Uh, as I said to James in the the cut down uh, portion, it seems like AEW set themselves up to have these moments like yeah work they were doing the moments just kind of fell into place um so a royal rumble win is always going to be there you always have a chance to do that um the evil <clears throat> and nice thing you know they set that up kind of along the way as well uh of course nice everybody knows the long road he took to beating okada in the dome uh moxley going through uh the inner circle like so, like it's a fucking karate movie and uh going against Jericho at the end, the final boss, the final master or whatever. Uh, so whatever you want, Keith Lee holding the double titles. He got rid of them weeks later, but never mind that. Uh, yeah. And then the fucking whooping. Like you talk about gripping television, just like some shit you ain't, like, I don't want to say you haven't seen because obviously they was doing this shit in ECW. Like they was, you know, yes, sir. May I have another, but like this shit was just like, this man Cody's willing to like put it on a line like when it comes to the stuff that's not the matches like he figured it out like in in ways he's like we had to we had to cut more Cody stuff because I I had another Cody moment on here actually wasn't a match the moonsault off the cage uh, in Atlanta so um, and he's a part of the Brody Lee squashing moment which is like one of the hot angles of the year um yeah, lots lots of stuff wherever you want to go with it. Of course, Kenny with the turn on John Moxley to win the AEW title on television. Third, Don Callis out of nowhere. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it's everywhere, you know. Um, I only wish fans were there to enjoy a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um... And react to it. <laughs> it's just the uh, I, I you know pick anything like there are no wrong answers for this one I feel like any of these are strong or some of the are, are like just great works of a thing like I think you know the thing lost in the evil thing was like evil had been cheating and cheating and cheating all throughout the tournament and like it was just so well done. It was just so well done. Like you didn't know if, you know, he was going to, you had no reason to believe he was turning heel. And then all of a sudden, like the fist turns to the, the th- turns to the two Sweden and he like lays him out. It's like, yo, this is, this is well done. Like, I'm not necessarily saying it's like, you know, um, Shibata coming out and whooping and, and whooping all the bullet clubs ass till Kenta, uh, hits him, which I rewatched. It was like, yo, they protected him while making it seem like he was going to do something. Like he never, they never came even close to his head, but it's like, 
but it, I could see why people, like, if this was in front of, you know, a real, you know, a non-clap crowd, how fucking, f- the heat would have been amazing for it. It would have been, but, you know, this damn year, man. Yeah. Um, then our creative success of the year. So that's going to be kind of a more long-term success. Uh, so, uh, first we got John Moxley's world title reign, Cody Rose's TNT championship reign, uh, the stadium stampede match. So the cinematic wrestling finds a home here, uh, along with the boneyard match. I know some of you are probably wondering where the fuck they were they at in the best match of the year. Sorry. Or we weren't going to, um, let matches that took hours to do um <laughs> mix in with the other matches so 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 like if we were going to talk about successes in, in that terms and like we kind of did like it didn't make it but we but shout out to uh the, you know the the uh the greatest match ever with uh edge and orton because that what you know that actually, oh my God. that that look that was a cinematic match but it looked a whole lot like a match till you know they had the, the fucking cameraman in the ring when spots are happening but yeah like but yeah, so, like they, there cool. were like the good cinematic matches make you almost, almost like except all most of the shitty ones we saw because the hit ratio is very low. It's, it's like baseball. <laughs> it's no, like just, baseball batting averages. Just missing the cut. One final beat. You know. No. Uh, <laughs> how about how about the Hardy compound? Oh my god. Oh. How about insane. the swap match with with Strowman and, and Wyatt? Yo, the swamp match, horrible. What about Money in the Bank? Horrible. Lighted on fire like Bray Wyatt. What about the Velveteen and Adam Cole match uh, during WrestleMania uh, at time? Throw it in the river. Yeah, yeah. See? Uh, so, it number takes, five. It's a lot of um, to appreciate the diamonds. Yeah. So, Stadium Stampede, Boneyard Match, number four. Number five, Drew McIntyre's main event, Elevation. Um, Number six, uh, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Uh, Number seven, Shingo Takagi's Never Division. And number eight, Donna Del Mondo. Then their introduction into uh, Stardom as a faction. Yes. So, like, all this stuff got over. Big time. Yep. Can't can't really... Like there's nowhere to you know chip at and be like yeah that's kind of you know so it comes down to what you watch what you enjoyed and um, when you put it down on paper I, I was very open about my love for Cody's TNT title reign and you know it was getting people jobs and shit uh, Moxley traditional classic world temp champion monster killer uh, all those promos while he's a champion doing great business uh, numbers wise um, on the ratings. Uh, the, those are the two most critically acclaimed um, st- uh, fucking uh, cinematic matches. Drew McIntyre, uh, them flipping the switch on him, and people just loving him in a way that they don't love baby faces. Remember, uh, right? Remember two thousand, the end of two thousand eighteen, when he did that job to Finn Balor, and he was mixed up with Ziggler after they did the, uh, you know, the Shield, the, the eighth Shield reunion versus. McIntyre, Strowman, and Ziggler as Dogs of War, and we're like, why the fuck is he losing? What the mm-hmm. fuck is going on? And it's like, a year, you know, two years removed from now, we're like, thank God they didn't ruin this man. <laughs> thank God! Because yeah. the second they flipped the switch on him, they pushed they pushed him the way that Vince would have pushed virtually anybody before, like, the last, like, six years. And what do you know? Even with no crowds, we all recognize how like that 
that would have fucking worked. It's just, it's just so weird. Like, Vince McMahon, he's not Vince anymore, but even, like, Vince at the top still knows how to... He can still he can still do the right things with the, with the top babyface as long as there's not somebody else that's in the way. It's almost as if, like, he kills so many fucking people that no one cares anymore that he can just do what he wants yep. with a top babyface. That's fresh. And also, that man, COVID-19, helping him because, like, he doesn't have to worry about a crowd rejecting anything. That is true. Well, look, well, you know, <coughs> they rejecting this line of shit. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't care if no one's there or not. That shit's getting rejected. Uh, the tri- the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, yes, uh, we called for it for years. We yes, said sir. it would be awesome. And what do you know? Uh, your boy's always ahead. Um and I don't think this was no great mystery or anything. It's just right. WWE wanted to fight everybody on right. it for years and years and years. And now it'll seem like it's their idea. Um, like, no, bro. Like, this is the way it should have been. Y'all could have had them over. And it looks like, you know, hopefully, hopefully it goes where I want it to go. Because then you talk about fixing Roman Reigns forever. So uh, keep doing the right thing with that. <clears throat> So, lots yeah. of stuff there. And our last award, you got anything else on that, James? Yeah, yeah. Donna Del Mondo. Donna Del Mondo worked so well uh, as a faction that Julia comes in with the controversy of le- leaving Ice Ribbon when she's supposed to be tagging with someone that was due to retire. That person um, had to hold off on her retirement run to figure this shit out. Left literally like on like a less 24 hours notice that she was leaving from one promotion to go to another one. I had to straighten out all this contract shit when there was a contract, whether we don't know there was a buyout or they just ripped it up and let her just move on. She wanted to fuck out of there. People, people, Western fans fucking hate her. I seen, I've only seen one of her matches. I think it's a good ass match. It's well paced. Um, I, and I see that she is just willing to take a beating and get a just absolute beating, get a match over. And, it starts out and it does not seem to be working and she's in there with Hannah and Hannah is not trying to give cutting her any quarter. She's not doing her any favor. She is making her look like a, just, just uncomfortable. You can see it on Julia's face that she's just like having confidence issues. And then they, they bring, they're like, all right, Hey, Taka Michinoku, you got, you got this little rinky Nick promotion. You got this one girl with some promise that I had wrestle, uh, Utami. Let me let me holler at you. Let me let me let, let's discuss a buyout. Bring her. Holla 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 yeah. holla at you. Bring in bring in one of the most respected vets in Joshi. Thirty one years old. Russell so Russell so long that she's like you know she ties back to Oscar. <laughs> our, our, our Oscar, right? Have, you know, bring her in. She just comes in, dusts her off as, you know, from her doing like a million different uh, promotions, whether it was Oz Academy or, or Seedling or uh, Sendai Girls, Ice Ribbon, bring her in, and she just anchors it, and all they do is bring them in in the semi-main event or the main event, and they beat everybody's ass for months. <laughs> It must, and then good ass matches over and 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 over, and I'm gonna say over like five more times to the point that you get it through your fucking head that that woman is good. You will shut the fuck up 
and by the time it's by the time it's time to belt her, she she's had all these good matches under her belt with uh within this faction. They add to the faction other talented people like Hameka Nasupoi. But gets you set up with Tam, who it seems like that's Tam's a lot in life is to help these people that are coming back or in these weird transitions, get them over the top for the white belt with Arissa last year, this year it's, it's Julia. What do you know? It fucking worked again. It's almost like Tam's a great worker. They go out there from June to, uh, to, to October and just fucking hate each other for months and kill each other every chance they get. And by that time, everyone's like, yeah, that Julia's good. No fucking shit. <laughs> Thank you, Donna Del Mondo. I love you. <laughs> So yeah, man. Um, the last award, um, the IWC award. So this is the internet controversy. Wait, say that um, again. You broke up a little bit. Eventually, I feel like I'm gonna have. To, so, so um, this is the IWC award. Uh, okay. This is the biggest internet controversy. So um, I feel like the name of this is like really like uh, it, it has some age on it. So yeah. if I can think of like uh, another name, eventually I probably will. But um yeah let's get to it the last eight things in 2020 wwe fires people in a pandemic evil becomes the w or the iwgp double champion speaking out kenny omega goes in the wrestling reserve hall of fame tessa blanchard exposed by women's wrestling community as a bigot the Fiend loses the Universal title to Goldberg. Roman Reigns leaves WWE for five months. And how promotions handled COVID-19. Yeah, There was a lot of response to a lot of this stuff in a lot of different ways. People bugging the fuck out, losing their minds, bending over backwards the wrong way. Um, some stuff uh, cr- just crazy and sad, like speaking out. Yeah. And... Uh, WWE firing people in the pandemic, of course, that whipped people into a frenzy. Uh, evil. There were people defending this. There were people that were ripping this to, to shreds. Uh, Kenny Omega going to Observer Hall of Fame. Um, Breaking brain. If I can say an, all, an all-time rant on the FOA's draft, if you guys want to hear that, I'm not going to do the whole thing again, but stop letting Kenny Omega break your brain. He's only one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Um Tessa Blanchard, that whole thing, that was just a full day of just constant entertainment, screenshotting into the group chats, listening to shit audio, literally. Um, and then just one woman just ruining her own career off a tweet. Uh, Matt, off a tweet. All she had to do was sit there and Shut eat her fucking up. meal. She ain't had to do yep. shit. She was... All, we always talk about... Um, we always talk about like these, like the heist robbery movies, where you know, or the veteran heist movies, where it's like, okay, Al Pacino, he's an old mob boss, or he's an old thief, and he's going off a heist, and this is, the, and this is his one last job before he gets out for good, and he's just like, he gonna get caught, he gonna get shot, he gonna get stabbed, he gonna bleed out, he he ain't no way he gonna make it, ain't no way he gonna make it to the end. She almost got out, <laughs> she almost made it. And she and made then, one and then Benny Blanco mistake. from the Bronx just shot her ass. Yes, Carlito's way. She made one one false move, and, her, and what happened? She got stuck like a fucking pig, and she's and, and there she is. She her shit was up and smoked like a Dr. Dre tour, bitch. Um, she almost, almost, almost. 
People already knew. I think we had already knew, but people had known about this story with La Rosa, De- with La Rosa Negra, but it hadn't gotten mainstream. No one had heard it. No. That shit went triple platinum that day, bitch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That that sh- <laughs> look. That shit was like that shit was like Eminem dropping, bitch. Yes, you know uh, the Eminem show. You know. Yes. Um, oh the f- man, the Fiend loses the Universal title to Goldberg. Um, just another part timer thing falling out the sky. Fiend is actually built up, so dominant throughout the year. Um, they just flipped the title on a whim off of Goldberg popping one rating for them. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. The thing for me that got me is like, you did this same fucking thing. Was it three years ago? Mm -hmm. Same, same fucking thing around the same time of the year, three years ago. How many times you got to learn this lesson? Old man, (laughs) stop doing this shit. People don't. People resent y'all when y'all do this kind of shit. Yes, falling out the sky like just oh, man. And um, I don't blame Goldberg because if I was Goldberg, is like you give me the choice of whether or not I should job or have a competitive match with this with a fucking dude with a clown mask on out here looking like uh, the Violator from Spawn. Nah, he's going up. He's going back down. Yeah, I don't blame him. This is all on Vince. Um. Roman Reigns leaves WWE for five months, just caused, just it, it, it exploded the promotion, um, or exploded like as a news story. Like he leaves WWE, too. like doesn't mention him. Uh, they just hastily make a match with Strowman and Goldberg. Yeah, this broke some brains too. Through TMZ's doing uh, interviews, explaining why he left. We find out WWE's not testing at the time, um, and he eventually comes back, and then. WWE like tries to recraft the narrative and it, you know he he wins back the title just a real interesting kind of story and then seeing all the reactions to it from the Roman Reigns fans from you know anyone else just weighing in on it is just like <laughs> it's, it's so I didn't know if they were happy I didn't know it was weird oh, it was happy. like they were telling them they fully happy now they happy yeah. now like oh you're a heel now we don't care we we like you just win like all, all the stuff that we you know we had issues with Brock Lesnar doing the guys we don't care because we like you we don't care about the actual story and the process of that we just liked you the whole time it was always you so go ahead and do it like I saw somebody today uh, talk about a talking smack segment between Daniel Bryan and, uh, and oh, Paul they've been capping. I've been right, seeing it about him saying that he's a better wrestler. I saw someone mention, "Well, what about your brain and your in your neck?" And I was like, "Oh, so that's that's what we're doing now." Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, yeah that, I, you know, look, yeah. But anyway, like. It's you amazing. can easily they, turn that around, yeah, but they, um, they, I, I won't go there. I won't do it. I will not be petty. Well, well here's the thing. Well, here's the thing that also gets me is like, y'all hated Brock Lesnar so much for him doing this, and now that Roman Reigns literally is doing Brock Lesnar in, in things, it's all good because because you know it's the guy you like. It's like, come on, man. Like y'all don't see this. Y'all pretending. Yeah, we pretend, uh, and it's no not because like he's awesome because he's doing a whole hell of a lot more than Brock Lesnar's doing. But like the 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 template is very much Brock Lesnar from the last uh, from like two years ago, very much so. Yeah, uh, and then how promotions handle COVID nineteen? Um, some promotions shut down. 
um some weren't testing and just said fuck it some so, started testing some were taking temperatures and per- <laughs> in their fist took the bait on there like okay yeah, I yeah. guess I guess it must be safe. <laughs> How many fucking yeah. outbreaks has, has WWE had this year? Like fifty eleven of them. <laughs> Lots. Um, oh man, I I just um yeah this this year was crazy. Um, all the we got a lot of doctors um revealed on Twitter. We got um them firing the people in the pandemic so that was like crazy that was like another day of just constantly refreshing your phone um lots of stuff on here uh speaking out uh, we we haven't talked about as much but just um one of the darkest moments in in wrestling memory yep that was a day that was a week where a lot of um a lot of people's like you know um favorites just can't do that no more can't do that no more. Yeah, but um, those are your 2021 Nation Radio Awards. Um, I will be um, sticking around with James after we finish recording to get the link to give him of the awards so you guys can vote uh, on this. I'm putting together the document now. Um, you know how it works. Uh, three points for your first place vote. Second uh, gets two points, uh, one for third. Um, and then when there's a week free, um, I want to say we did the awards in Feb, like the first week of February last year, uh, kind of works a little bit better for us. So yeah. we can get time to, for Russell Kingdom reviews. We've got year end stuff, uh, still. And by the time like February rolls around, there should be like a week where nothing happens. That's it'll be the perfect week. Gives me about a month to tabulate votes. And, um, yeah, just uh, enjoy the voting. Uh, I, we enjoyed putting this together uh, for as crazy as uh, this year was. I think this is a really strong ballot overall, like these choices uh, that you guys will be making. And we'll see what it is because, you know, maybe it doesn't line up with, with me and James thinking uh, yeah. think on some of this stuff. Um, and one thing, one thing I will say is, like, for um, those that, you know, only watch AEW at this point or those that – don't really fuck with AEW. Uh, I'm sorry for those that like don't fuck with either side of the of the Wednesday Night War, whether it's main roster or NXT or whatever. Like if you see you know see like these nominees, I I would I would really if you care about my opinion, I really hope that you would you know look out and seek out some of this stuff uh, if it's available to you because we ain't just put this shit out here just because it's like you know just because like we put this shit out because like we thought it was some of the best of wrestling this year um and also some of the worst wrestling like the shit that we that was like the bad categories i would suggest you don't go there don't go there stay away stay yeah stay away from that darkness you know, don't don't fuck with yeah but like the stuff like we're talking about match of the no. year wrestlers of the year you know um fuse of the year like you get there's reading for all that kind of stuff to go go through it or whatever else it's it's um it, it was from what we got the best of what we got was still very damn good. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, um, I guess that'll wrap it up for another year uh, of one nation rare, our last show of the year. Um, you know, thank you guys all for listening to us another year. This has like been a crazy year. When you think about everything, I uh, appreciate everybody that's already reached out to us. I uh, shout out to Greg, uh, said how much they enjoyed the shows. I uh, shout out to JML, um, uh, Shout out to uh, Brooklyn Ike, uh, you know, all the normal listeners uh, and folks that are finding the show every day. Uh, we 
you know, hope you guys appreciate our perspective and, you know, the laughs we bring. Shout out to Bruce. Uh, and, you know, everyone in so suplex. Um, Chad, uh, uh, shout out to uh, Militia uh, came on. So, uh, you know, Tanya. So uh, that was that was excellent uh, earlier this year. Uh, shout yeah. out to Tom Tisa came on. Um, shout out to Jeremy uh, that came on. Um, Floyd, uh, a lot of people, you know, it, it jumped on with us uh, to shoot the shit about this this wrestling and um, another. We've been doing One Nation Radio since 2012. Uh, does like it's crazy that we it's like we have this rich history of our own now, which is fucking nuts. Like, uh, I, I need to eventually, um, go through all the award shows to get like a history of the One Nation Radio Awards, uh, to see how that you know what would play out. So, oh uh, God, it's changed so much, yeah. Like, these last two years' editions are so much different from like let's say four years ago, yeah. Like, very interesting yeah like can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine like what our re- what our awards would look like if we didn't if we didn't like start watching new japan like i don't i don't know i don't know like i don't know uh, we were, do you think we were still doing the show for just watching if it was just wwe because i don't know think so yeah same here no yeah yeah like we like this show might still exist but we, like it wouldn't be wrestling it'd be like back to like kind of what the show was at the beginning like just shooting the shit over the, all the stuff we cared about from the week with sports music it whatever else. like a joe button podcast <laughs> but like i'm not i'm not mall so like you figure that out like <laughs> you know uh well yeah uh i guess time to wrap it up yeah um that's in the show be sure to listen to uh Wow, I'm getting my intro. Uh, oh yeah, be ever be sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this with. Tell the folks about to uh, uh, and also tell the people about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Um, also check out um, prowrestlingtees.com slash Social Suplex picks up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Um, also check out the other shows on the network. Um, this show. Um, One Nation Radio, um, Keeping It Strong Style, uh, the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast, Grown Men Watch This Shit, the Grave Consequences Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, Great Match Generator, and All Things Elite. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. You know, so I didn't give dates because, like, <laughs> these dates jumping around now because it's this time of the year. Like, I'm just like, let's give you all the names of the shows. Like, dates, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Like, once we get like back to January, <laughs> you just listen, damn it, <laughs> and download. All right, y'all. Later. Peace.